Hello and good morning, everyone. Welcome to this week's new episode of Breakfast with Boom. I'm your host, Mr. Boomstick XL. And as you can see, folks, we have a stacked deck. Now, normally, circumstances when they're normal, we do intros to open up the show. But because Hoglaw is pressed for time. We got him for 30 minutes and he's he's going to he's going to answer some of the biggest questions that have plagued the uh community, the gaming community, not just the Xbox community, but the gaming community. We're going to get him right here. First of all, Hoglaw, it is so great to work with you again. Your last three videos were complete fire, packed with unbelievable information, but I think why they were so good is you break it down so someone who is not familiar with the legal terms or the, the inner workings of how both uh, you know private uh, legal uh, work goes, it's so easy to understand. Welcome to the program, dude. Hey, I appreciate it. And I remember being on this program before, so thank yes. you for having me back. It's always nice to know you didn't burn those bridges or perform so horribly <laughs> that you're still welcome back. Uh, in, in one of these spaces, and I apologize for changing your whole formatting here. It's it's just the nature of nah. the beast. So, no, no, listen, dude. Honestly, it's great to have you here. We're gonna get to the intros uh, after after you're out of here. But listen, I, I, we gotta jump right into the questions. Sure. Uh, and the first one, and this is one. I mean, we only got a hundred people here, and I say only because we, we literally just started. So I'm extremely uh, very lucky. Yeah. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, Hogue. One of the, one of the biggest questions that I have seen in the last half a dozen, maybe more podcasts that I have uh, watched and been a part of, is the mythos of an American company trying to acquire a Japanese company. Basically, what I'm saying sure. is, let's say, for instance, Microsoft at the end of this deal, sometime next year, decides that they want to uh, potentially add someone like Sega, who has yep. legacy IP and bringing Sonic over home to the Xbox. Can that actually happen? Oh, yeah. I mean, we can answer that question easily. Yes, an American company can purchase a Japanese company. Uh, but I think where the question comes from most prominently is that folks have uh, something of an understanding of the fact that there are jurisdictions that are more closely guarded with their ownership of their entities, their structures, um, all sorts of things that happen within their borders. Uh, and they can make life a little bit more difficult for a potential acquirer or somebody from another jurisdiction seeking to have an ownership stake. Um, so there, there are a couple of places where that's true. Japan, certainly, that's accurate from your listeners and viewers. Um, I, I've had a little bit more experience dealing with acquisitions in South America, where you also find specific uh, requirements uh, for ownership of the entity and, and things that on their face in black letter law, on the actual paper, if you were to just read the statute, look like they might otherwise block a deal. Uh, but the reason that they can happen is essentially because there's a lot of ways to structure a transaction. Uh, there's a lot of ways to structure an ownership group. There's a lot of ways of structuring multiple boards of directors layered on each other. Uh, and so with enough lawyers and enough legal billing, uh, you can accomplish most anything. And certainly Microsoft has uh, the resources to do that. Now, can the governments of those jurisdictions still get involved, maybe ask for a little bit more, that kind of thing? Yes, but that's realistically not a ton different from what we're even talking about with these other acquisitions, which is, hey, the FTC can step in, the DOJ can step in, the EU regulators can step in. There's all these governments that basically have to be okay with it. And while I think Japan is probably rightly thought of as a little bit more aggressive in trying to make sure that there's a certain ownership stake that is held by Japanese citizenry, has certain regulatory powers there. And I can't claim to tell you that I have read through the regulatory acquisition rules in Japan 
uh, recently. I haven't had cause to. I, I have worked on transactions that have occurred in Japan and other Asian countries, uh, and I see how that operates. But uh, the rules themselves that you'd have mergers and acquisitions lawyers going over as they happen. And then in general, uh, you can have a subsidiary, you can have a holding company, you can work out exactly how it should look to make the authorities, whatever they are, happy in a transaction environment. I mean, listen, I, I, you know something? I mean, I, I obviously don't come from corporate law. I come from actual, uh, uh, you know, regular law with, you know, police. So, but I, I found that to be very, very understandable the way you broke it down. And uh, again, I, I think money does talk. I, I think that with, with enough lawyers, like you said, anything can be accomplished. Yeah, I understand. I'm not talking about like bribery or anything. No, 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 no. I mean, like deals. Yeah, because yeah, so, yeah. what, what would happen? Something like this. The, the 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 fact that they might ask for more seems something sure. that uh, it happens more times than not to get a deal I mean, I can, done. I can give a story on one of these. You know, I was involved in a transaction where we were acquiring, and I might get this wrong. I believe it was a Chilean company. Uh, and they have certain rules about who's going to be on the board of a Chilean held company. Okay. Uh, and we thought we were complying with them. And essentially, the regulatory body said there needs to be another Chilean citizen on the board um, and worked with us to structure some of the transactions so that we would still we still needed to control the thing. Right. I mean, like, that's what you're you're balancing is am I actually buying a company if I comply with these? And that's what the lawyers are there for. Mm. Um, so we had to change some things up. We had to move some things around in the structure and ultimately got done. OK. I mean, and, and, and there you go, folks. So the the short answer is if at some point next year, uh, you know, it's been rumored that uh, and and I I bring up Sega specifically, uh, Hope, because they just got out of the arcade business after fifty plus years. Right, that's okay. a good news item, and, and that's 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 a pretty big deal. We also know that they're looking to uh, change the name, potentially move their gambling, their gambling machines over to a new entity. Okay. And we've seen many people in, in the community say that uh, that this is a potential. Again, it's simply just a, a, an opinion that they're kind of trimming the fat to set themselves up for an acquisition. And of course, right away, I think of Microsoft because of the of the relationship Sega does have with them. Remember, in the beginning um, of the, I mean, the end of last year, they announced that strategic partnership. Sure. So, I mean, could it happen? I don't know. But I, it's it's good to know that we have a definitive answer that yes, an, an American company like a Microsoft could in fact go and buy a Japanese company. As long as all of the rules and everything were followed, so that that that's that's that the, the question is answered. But Hogue, the big question, the next one, I I have to have you cover, okay, sure. uh, is regarding the um, the Activision Blizzard deal. Like this was announced, and we've heard uh, several people, like Jez Corden of Windows Central, who does have his ear to the floor, who believes that Microsoft is kind of going to go into a turtle mode meaning that they're not going to potentially make any more waves because this deal needs to get done. It's super important for their plan, super important for what Phil Spencer wants to do with the platform. But here is my question to you, and, and, I, and I, I come to you because I don't know the answer, and I would love to hear your opinion on it. We know that Microsoft is currently working hand-in-hand -hand with IO Interactive on a 10-year plan with Project Dragon. They're currently working with Crystal Dynamics 
on potentially maybe more than just one project, but the one that we are aware of is the Perfect Dark project, and that could take you know two, three years, maybe even more to get done. I was going to say um, ideally, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, ideally, yeah. Well, hopefully, we know that Avalanche Studios is currently. Uh, working arm in arm with Microsoft on contraband. You know, Edios Montreal is one that we uh, uh, is the Western aspect of of um, you know that that's not does not looked in the best light for so that's a possibility of a, of a, an acquisition that come along with Crystal Dynamics from Square Enix. You know, Square Enix recently just threw Crystal Dynamics under the bus. We all saw that. I've never seen anything in business personally like that before. And that, to me, sounds like, well, they're already gone for them to do that. Edios Montreal, a part of the Western arm that they just don't have an affinity for. And the other one is Techland. Techland, you know, we know that Microsoft has been a couple of years ago shopping, as they called it, in Poland. And they happen to be a, a, a very big Poland studio. So here's my, my simple question. And I think that's going to be a, a pretty relatively deep answer. With Microsoft wrapped up in this deal that's not expected to close at the latest for June 2023, mm-hmm. is there a chance for Microsoft to still pick up these individual studios with, and with them trying to announce getting these studios hurt this deal in any way? So, I, I mean, I think I you've probably discussed it already, but right now we're in essentially the review period for the transaction. So okay. Microsoft and Activision will have submitted documents to the government here in the United States and to other governments around the world to which their laws might be applicable, saying, here's what we intend to do. We intend to spend 60 plus billion dollars. This is the assets we'll have. This is what the transaction does. This is why we think it's fine. Uh, and they send that information in. And here in the United States, either the FTC or the DOJ looks at it. We've got leaks that that is, in fact, the Federal Trade Commission, uh, who has expressed a certain desire to be more aggressive with their antitrust regulations, which has to at least put a second of pause uh, in your thought process if you're Microsoft. And they are going to be on their best behavior Mm -hmm. during this period. The reason that you even put in your press release that you're taking all the way out till the end of fiscal year 23 as a potential window for closing this is not because you hope that it goes that long. It's because if regulators decide to really get in the weeds and ask for information two, three, four times, then it just elongates. Like working with any entity, whether it's a big corporation, big government, either way, things tend to slow down on your timeline. So what they've tried to prep investors for is we think this is going to get a second look. We think that the regulators are going to have to be assuaged a little bit uh, here and They don't think it needs to be formal. They don't think it needs to be a formal settlement. We saw that from quotes from the CEO of Microsoft yesterday. Yep. Uh, But take everything that Phil Spencer says, everything that Xbox says, everything that Microsoft says with that understanding. They don't want to have anything go out there that suggests they're trying to monopolize anything, that they are bad actors. They were going to keep talking about how this is more competitive, how this enhances gamers' worlds and all that kind of thing because they are under the spotlight right now. Um, So when you ask... Can they buy another company? The answer is yes. And and certainly there are purchases I can imagine that could be made that are effectively under the radar, aren't going to really change the overall equation for how the regulators might look at the massive deal, the $70 billion deal. You imagine something like the equivalent of Microsoft buying Fire Sprite like PlayStation did, or or heck, even Insomniac, $200 million, develops one kind of game. Obviously a tremendous purchase for Sony uh, based on the value that they provided through through Spider-Man. But that kind of size probably okay. Um, okay. Similarly, Respawn, you know, $455 million when EA bought them, 
obviously tremendously more valuable than that uh, today. Uh, and you can kind of, I, I don't want to say get away with it exactly, but you're allowed to have relationships continue. Is it wise? There's business strategy that goes into this question, which is there is a strategy that says, okay, we've got this big deal. We're at a moment of sensitivity. We're at a moment of investigation. Maybe we step back and just don't try to rock the boat at all. Okay. And say, we're, we're, we're not moving. We're not going to do anything uh, and let this deal go through. The, the overall thrust at Microsoft headquarters, I have to believe, is avoid rocking the boat. But okay. if something were to fall into their lap at a deal price they just thought was fantastic and they thought it wasn't going to jeopardize the Activision deal, then there is nothing contractually, there's nothing legally that prevents you from having multiple deals at once. I have a, I have a number of commenters come into virtual legality and say, are they barred from doing that? No, no. It's, it's, we're talking about business strategy. We're talking about political strategy. Uh, we're not talking about contracts. We're not talking about law. There's, and, and I can guarantee you that Microsoft and their strategic investment arm and Phil Spencer and everyone else is not stopping conversations about potential acquisitions, partnerships, whatever that might look like. That's their job to constantly evaluate what might be a good acquisition target, what might be a good business partnership, and figure out whether or not they want to enter into it. There's just an extra weight on that decision now to say, okay. okay, even if we want to, does this cause any problems with the regulators? And they're going to be getting more information and feedback than we are on the outside. I mean, the process here from the FTC is very likely to go into what we call a second view or second look, and they're going to ask for more information. And you'll start to get a feel for just how angry or aggressive or, or just plain difficult the FTC plans to be on one of these. <laughs> and, and then Microsoft will have a little bit of a better notion uh, as that process goes on. And, and you might see some behavior change there, it's unlikely. Probably we're going to have this feel like radio silence for a year. Uh, but that's what they're dealing with. They're getting a little bit more information. They're having more phone calls. They're having more meetings with the regulator themselves. They also got to watch the EU, of course. So one of the aspects of this is, you know, is that company in the European Union? Because they tend to be a little bit more sensitive and aggressive about their antitrust enforcement, at least historically. So they got to watch that because remember, it's not just Activision Blizzard. It's King which is a major yes. European company and, and the EU is going to take an interest in that acquisition. So you're, you're, you're weighing all these things. This is, as we say, why they get paid the big bucks because a wrong <laughs> step here can cost everybody a huge amount of goodwill, time, resources. The legal bills don't go anywhere just because you didn't close the deal. So right. there's all this stuff that you have to take into consideration. And, and that's why uh, Phil, to be honest, has a stressful job. Yeah. Well, he's been very specific. I think one of the biggest things that we've seen, Hogue, is that, uh, you know, um, Call of Duty not being on PlayStation. You know, it, it, that we, we, I've, I've read half a dozen, maybe even a dozen articles that say that that is one of the sticking points to the deal, them removing Call of Duty away, which we know they're not going to do. Because whenever um, Warzone 2 comes out, just like Fallout 76, just like Elder Scrolls Online... Microsoft isn't going to leave money on the table. That's going to stay multi-plat, and that's going to it's going to live on on PlayStation. Now, obviously, you know, does main you know main Call of Duty's you know single player stuff stay on? I, I don't know. I personally st still think that it doesn't matter because the Xbox factor uh, uh, in this, in the, the the factor in the conversation talking about Xbox is Game Pass. You know, fifteen dollars a month versus. And here in New York, where I am, forty six uh, seventy six forty three. So I mean, if you're if you're a gamer on a budget, where do you go? I think you go to Xbox. So yeah. I don't think that's even an issue. Um, let me let me open up the before we get you out of it because we got you for another fifteen minutes 15, or so. Yeah. 
I'm um, trying to be and, concise this morning. You know, dude, you, I, you, I, I can, you, you've I can not, talk for 45 minutes if you let me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would let you. No problem. Uh, let me open up the uh, the any questions to the panel. Anybody on the panel want to re- have a question that I didn't ask that, that we, while we have Hogue here? I don't really have a question, but it's nice to have somebody on the show that's got a little bit more of a, a dialectical thought process. So that's really appreciated. <laughs> yeah. I got to I got to double that too, you know, because it's it's funny because we've all said the same stuff with with the lack of experience, lack of knowledge, other than what we've personally experienced in our lives with corporations, you know, to have someone that knows the legalities and knows how to read everything like this, and and literally say the same thing we've said, and then bring it out layman's terms, you know, it, it's great, you know. So yeah, I it, thank it, you. Yes. Oh absolutely. no, absolutely. I love doing this. That's that's yeah. that's what virtual legality is all about. Yeah, so. and and dude, it's, it's it, listen. We'll we'll, we'll, ha- we'll we'll when you get out of here, we'll have everyone head over to your channel because your channel and your last video is in the show notes as well. So I want people to definitely check that out. You know, I, I will I will ask one more question. Hope. Sure. Um, yeah. Jeff Keeley, uh, who is the uh, executive producer of the Game Awards, dropped uh-huh. a nugget online yeah. on Twitter uh, two days ago that yeah. set the world on fire. Happened to be during one of my live shows on Tuesday, and we <laughs> did cover it. And uh, he obviously is in the business. He has a lot of connections. Uh, he is probably one of the most connected people in gaming. I mean, yeah, whether you definitely. love him or you hate him, he is the most connected dude in gaming. So he's aware of these deals. Obviously, he didn't specifically say. Uh, in your opinion, you know, you obviously cover the gaming industry through your channel and obviously being a gamer yourself. Who do you think he's referencing? Uh, who, I mean, because there's, there, there, there are still quite a bit of players left on the board. I think I actually have to demur on that answer. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I, uh, so I, you might have seen I tweeted out I, I tweeted out, uh, uh, I tweeted out a, a winky face to that tweet. Oh, you uh, did. I, I missed that. <laughs> which itself got a, a few things. And, and I'll say this. You know, um, I'm a lawyer. I, you, you probably know about attorney-client yes. privilege. Yes. I, I don't have any clients that are engaged in these kinds of things uh, right now. So it's not about client confidences. But I, I take, I take insider knowledge very seriously and very well, fortunately very well. for me virtual legality has gotten popular enough uh inside these companies uh that i get a lot more information on background basically uh mm. that i would otherwise think so I, I put a winky face out there not to confirm a given deal not to confirm anything specifically but really just to say yeah i got contacts too jeff i mean i i know i know what's being said I, I, but i'd also add to that you know i was getting I was getting chatter about Bungie uh, on a number of different scales um, oh, wow. that didn't that didn't wind up matching up with what wound up happening. You always, to me, I can't vet these things. If you come into my channel, one of the things you'll see is I I'm pretty critical of articles and things that are only anonymously sourced. Yes, you did actually say that in your, one of your well. two of your last videos, as a matter of fact, that you went into very specific on how they were one sided in their in their write up. So I'm perfectly happy to confirm that there is significant chatter amongst various people, okay. but I can't I can't take that and say that means anything specifically. And I I don't want to I don't want to walk across the line and somehow no. reveal something that I'm not no. supposed to. No, we will not we will, we will not we will not stand for that on this channel. <laughs> I, I I do have one final question before we get you out of here. Yeah, 
with Microsoft being as aggressive as they've been, because yeah. the Bethesda one is still, <laughs> it, 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 I, 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 everyone goes back to the money. And I, of course, the money is important to the conversation, Hogue, but sure. the relevance of Bethesda being Microsoft first party is monster. Oh, yeah. Because the IP. Activision in terms yeah. of what I play. Yes, right. Uh, so, yeah. and I was going to go there next. And Activision Blizzard, and you know something, honestly, specifically Blizzard, because Microsoft really wants to uh, have a, a, an important uh, uh, aspect in the space of PC. They they have a good space yeah. in gaming, but they want to regain a PC dominance of sorts, and they're going to do very well in mobile with obviously King. In your honest opinion, don't you don't have to mention a specific company. Is this is it over for Microsoft after this? If this deal gets done at the end of the year or the beginning of next year, does does is Microsoft still in, in, in potentially in the in, in the realm of maybe picking up another publisher? I don't see why not. Okay, um, they still have a strong cash position. They still are are being very aggressive, not just in how they behave, but in their statements to the public. Uh, and to their investor class. Um, so I don't see, I, it might be the case that you're getting a certain amount of pushback in your regulatory review where you, you get some kind of signaling or messaging that says you best not press it much further from here if, okay. if, it's, if we're otherwise not going to do it. You, you, these are real conversations. It's not just a, it's not talking to YouTube, right? It's not a black <laughs> box with the FTC. Uh, so they don't necessarily give you all the information that you want, but you're going to get a feel for what they're thinking, how close it is, that kind of thing. And so you can judge that. But in general, Microsoft has been in the business of pushing regulatory lines um, forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I mean, yeah. they, they're always, hey, look, what, well, what if we bundle these apps together? What do you think? Are we cool, DOJ? Uh, and, you know, they, they went through the entire 90s and early 2000s dealing with that kind of thing. So it wouldn't surprise me if they want to push the line. Um, and to be frank, you can always wait out in administration uh, and see if you can do something in a more uh, amenable environment. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, there's always there's always that happening behind the scenes. But if they get through Activision Blizzard, that gets closed for a little while. I, I don't see any reason, especially since when we're talking about other publishers, we're not talking about anybody on the $70 billion scale. Uh, you right. know, everybody else in terms of market cap and even with a premium is significantly lower uh, and more palatable, even the big guns that you might be thinking of. So, I mean, like I think EA, for instance. Yeah, EA is a big company, right? But it's not Activision. Right. Um, so it's. Uh, it, it's something that Microsoft would continue to evaluate, I think. And, and certainly they will be on those phone calls. The one thing I try to impress on people is these phone calls happen all the time, every day. Uh, everybody's evaluating everything um, because that's that's what you're supposed to do. Uh, so no, I don't think Microsoft has to stop. That being said, the one thing that I think would potentially cause pause in the acquisition uh, campaign here is I still think Phil Spencer and management team, which I would expect to bulk up, we'll have to get used to and develop processes for dealing with whatever it is, 34 developers yeah. uh, at this point, they were built for five, seven. Um, and, and that's a distinct kind of professional shift. So they're going to want to set up all of their pieces and make sure that they're all working at some point. There is some point where they stop and take stock. Is it now? Is it later? I think Activision Blizzard presents a nice inflection point, but I don't think that means that Microsoft's never going to buy another video game company again. I, I think they are definitely going to be in the business of doing that because 
I think you are seeing a content war. You are seeing a consolidation fight. And, you know, while some might evaluate the Bungie purchase as overpayment, um, it's still a fact that Sony bought them. Uh, and so yeah. Microsoft is aware of these players and not just the Sony's and Nintendo's of the world, but you got big tech looking at gaming, looking at being the most profitable entertainment genre in history uh, and saying, well, we've got a lot of cash. Uh, what should we do? And hey, Amazon, hey, Hogue, I got a, yeah. I got a question. I got a question for you. I'm sorry to, to, to interrupt your, your thought all. process Shoot. there. I can just do that you, forever. <laughs> <laughs> you've mentioned, you've mentioned uh, the Activision and the Bungie deal twice already yeah. in yeah. your, in your conversation. I, 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 let me yeah. piggyback a little bit and ask you a question about that. Do you think in your professional opinion that that, uh, that kind of helps Microsoft in this case with yeah. their Activision purchase that they can turn around and say, but you see, there's other people like Sony buying buying up developers, potentially buying publishers, and it kind Good of question. helps their case. Did Sony kind of, it, you know, kind of help them out a little bit, just a little bit in your professional opinion? So what I'll say, and I answered this a little bit more long form. I did a questions and answers video on Tuesday, whatever the day after the deal announcement was. I think it was Tuesday. Yeah. It's been a long week. Uh, but what I'll say is it doesn't hurt. What I will say is Microsoft can present the story that says, look, we're, it's eat or be eaten right now, uh, and we're going to do some eating. Uh, so this is the nature of the market, and you shouldn't get involved, government. And I, I think it's, it's perfectly palatable, and I think a reasonable mind can look at that and say, yeah, that's, that's, that's right. I do think we're talking about a difference in scope at a pretty massive level here. Um, Bungie, even at 3.6 billion, which is, you know, depending on how you look at it is really 2 billion and, and that'll be a video today. So check that out in virtual. Oh, reality. awesome. Uh, dude. Great. Nice. Uh, but, um, I, I think when you talk about a developer that makes one game and wants to make more and clearly wants to be like Hollywood magnates or whatever in their press release, <laughs> um, is different than, Hey, we make the biggest game on earth in terms of consoles. Hey, we have candy crush. Hey, we have world of Warcraft. Hey, we have all of these developers and it's 70 billion, not three. Um, so I don't think it hurts. It doesn't necessarily help that much to me because nobody has ever really had a problem with the one-off purchasing of a developer. And Bungie is, even though it's 3 billion and not 200 million, like we saw with Insomniac, Bungie is much closer to an Insomniac purchase than these big Zenimax and Activision deals. Um, that's, that's just how I see it in terms of the marketplace. So I think it's going to get more scrutiny. I also think Microsoft in general has had more run-ins with the U.S. government than Sony, although Sony's had a few. Um, so I think that Microsoft is more likely to have a closer look put on it due to what this is, due to how big it is, due to the fact that they just had an $8 billion deal last year. Um, and so I, I don't think it makes their case for them. It just is another piece of evidence on their side of the scale. Nice. Well, that, first of all, John, great question. And Hoglaw, as promised, brother, we're going to get you out of here. But as you get out of here, we have 500 people in the chat, which is bonkers great. That's fantastic. Uh, and I want you to obviously sell your brand. Your channel is uh, on the top of my personal list because I love hearing the uh, the legal aspect of gaming from a, from a, a layman's term understanding. And you do that so freaking well. By all means, brother, Please tell everyone where they can find you on social media. But more importantly, reach out and subscribe to your outstanding YouTube channel. 
Well, thank you. I will plug my channel, but first, I also want to congratulate you. I a big milestone. I saw ten thousand. Oh yes, there. thank you, brother. Thank you. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> thank uh, you. I, I definitely remember that day. I was at a Coney Island, which is a, a Michigan thing for the most part, and I was very okay. excited about ten thousand. <laughs> uh, so I think that's awesome. Um, but yeah, virtual legality is uh, my main series on the Hoglaw YouTube channel, YouTube.com at Hoglaw or slash Hoglaw, I believe. Um, and you can check that out. We're talking about the business and law of pop culture, technology, software, uh, but primarily video games and other entertainment media. So you can check that out if you're interested in looking at things for business reasons or legal reasons. We're doing corporate messaging analysis. We're looking at contracts. We're looking at lawsuits. We also branch out a little bit. I talked about the uh, the NFL's racism lawsuit this oh, week. Oh, yes, you sure news. did. Um, and, and that one is a big, long, deep dive if you want to see what we do over there otherwise we're having a lot of fun we're at i think 55 almost fifty-five thousand subscribers uh which is very very cool i'm always enthused about hey people want to talk about law look at that Uh, that i I jokingly (laughs) say my wife said when i started this nobody's gonna watch that i said well okay we'll see and you know it took a while you you grow slowly you you, you grind it out and uh we're doing we're doing a lot this week we talk about bungee of course we have a question and answer session we have that nfl video be another bungee video today but if you're interested more in the Microsoft Activision side of things, we have a playlist. I think it's nine videos long now, looking at a bunch of different angles of this. Probably will be a tenth, so I'm likely to cover uh, Satya's comments at some point. Oh, nice. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, but I think those are important, so that'll probably be a shorter edition. But I, I love doing it. Uh, we're just past the third anniversary, so we're in our fourth year uh, at nice. Virtual Legality and, and having a lot of fun. You can also find me on Twitter. Branching out a little bit more from there, a lot of talk about Michigan uh, Wolverines, uh, go blue, um, <laughs> and uh, and other things over there. Get my capsule reviews of whatever random TV show I've watched. That's at Hoglaw as well. Uh, but thank you so much for inviting me on. Thank you for making it possible for this this half hour. Uh, and uh, congratulations on ten thousand. Well, and I'm listen, more than brother, happy to come on in the future. Yeah, well, listen, thank you so much again. Please, uh, once again, uh, go over there and sub his channel, uh, 50,000 plus, which is a milestone in itself. That is a big deal. And you're going to, like I said, you you don't even have to be into law to appreciate the work that goes into it. Hogue, we will talk to you soon, brother. Thank you again. Thank you so much. I posted yeah, the you, link Hogue. in the chat for, for Hogue's uh, website. on. Oh, YouTube. thank you, brother. Thank you. So, yes. Thank I you. appreciate it, folks. All righty. Have, have a good weekend. Okay, so, folks, listen. We got 500 people in the chat. Uh, we're only a half hour in. That is a record for this show. If you are new, of course, I want to uh, ask politely that you consider subscribing. Uh, I, I hit 10K, yes, but now I'm shooting for 25. I want the plaque. I want to be able to say, hey, look, I just got my plaque. And uh, listen, I know it's 15 and 20, but I want 25. I'm going to be greedy here. Let's get into the introductions. I'm going to start first with uh, John Wolf. John, uh, it's been a while since we've had you on the show. You knocked it out of the park. That was such a fantastic question. How are you, man? How the heck have you been? Doing great, Boom. Thanks a lot for uh, I, I kind of asked you, hey, do you mind if I'm uh, if I jump on the show and without hesitation, just like my very <laughs> first time on your on the show over a year ago, boom, you said, let's do it. Let's do it this Friday. And, and I truly appreciate that. Uh, started my my own YouTube channel about two months ago. Nice. Uh, you know, so and, and I just want to tell everybody on this panel uh, that you guys honestly are are all of you are an inspiration to to people like me. That, uh, you know, uh, everything you do every single week by coming uh, on and, and giving your thoughts, it's really inspired so many people. And, and those numbers, boom, go 
uh, unseen. Those are not subscriptions or, <laughs> or anything that you can see, but uh, you guys are making a difference. And I, and I wanted everyone on the panel to know that. And, and I'm really grateful to, to oh, all well, of dude, you. That's very kind of you to say, and we're happy to have you here. Crispy Bomb, welcome back, brother. The best voice in the business. Uh, what a way to open up the show. Hog Law breaking it down. And actually, we got a bonus question in there because it went so well. How the hell have you been? Oh, very good, and I'm glad uh, the smart guy started because so we can <laughs> we can yeah, we can move it. on from that and 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 have a, a good knowledge base. But also, uh, hmm. we haven't been too far off, honestly. So yeah, I, I feel a little smart right now, honestly. So <laughs> yeah, I love uh, it. That's great. Yeah, let's get into it. We got we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, we we sure do. Uh, Dreadpool, brother, it's uh, you, you got you came in hot at the end of last show. You felt like you didn't deserve an outro, which is ridiculous. But you're here. Uh, we heard a cracking of the can. I don't know what you're drinking, but I, I don't know it, what it is. But listen, great to have you back, man. Oh, no problem. Thank you. Uh, like I said, I, I just don't feel like I deserved it just to be like, yo, what's up? See ya. So, uh, but here we are. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm having, just so you know, I'm having my dinner. So this is, we'll just leave it. What that can is, is a can. <laughs> but I got, uh, I got some actual pork souvlaki. And pizza nice. and some French fries and uh, I'm homemade tzatziki sauce. I made all this stuff last night, so I just had to reheat everything. That is the breakfast of champions. So my I'm friend. telling you, oh god, <laughs> I'm so glad that Hook was was talking because I was able to eat. <laughs> That's good. Well, listen, he did not disappoint. No. Uh, did not disappoint. He answered every question and then some, which was great to have him on. Every time he's been on Iron Lords, I I sat there. Uh, with headphones fully on, as you can see, I only podcast with one headphone because I I, I need to hear. So, uh, but yeah, I, I had full headphones on when he's talking because listen, that dude's the smartest guy in the room, and uh, I love the way he breaks it down. And he doesn't do it in uh, "Hey, you're a dummy" kind of a way. He does it where he, he he breaks it down, and it still sounds not only smart but understandable. That even if you don't have a law background, so that's what I love about his work. Uh, but listen, great to have you back. Fuzzy Belvedere, my brother, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Man, that, that was an awesome way to start the show off with Hogue on here. Uh, man, it, it's it's great that uh, a lot of the uh, views or some of the things we were saying before were pretty much right on point. Mm -hmm. And for him to break it down even further was just awesome to hear. So, uh, man, I can't wait to get the rest of these topics. Awesome to be here with uh, with you guys. And uh, welcome, John. I first time podcasting with you and it's awesome awesome to to hear your thoughts <laughs> yeah and it's great to have you here and vj how you doing my brother welcome back to the program uh hi boom um welcome to the show mr wolf and um i guess let's change up the question shall we how are you doing boom oh I'm, i am doing fine uh we're about to have an ice storm here hopefully the power doesn't go out because where i am we always lose power it's the most ridiculous thing but Let's turn this back around to and bring Sega back into the conversation as we cross 505 people here in the chat. Please hit the like button. And of course, if you're new, consider subscribing because I do this three times a week and I drop a VOD usually on Wednesdays or Thursdays called X Vlog. We just I just dropped the uh, episode 14. This one was the shorter one. So I kind of want to get people's feedback. I've gone as high as 26 minutes, which I think is too long. And I've done a short one that yesterday's was uh, five and a half minutes. I think that's too short. I think the sweet spot is 10 or 15, but I want to get the feedback from the people. But let's uh, let's get into the Sega question. 
because obviously Everborn Saga, who is listening, uh, is a huge fan of Sega. I'm a huge fan of Sega. I can't say I was a Sega kid. I was an everything kid because I owned everything. I worked a lot of paper jobs and I, I sold lemonade in the courts. You know, I, 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 any, any way to get money to buy gaming the right way, I did it. That's how, that's thanks to my pops. But I'll start first with Crispy. Um, we pitched this show as, as, as Sega being uh, potentially. An a new addition to Microsoft come next year. Do you think Sega is the next one that Microsoft goes after? And would Sonic and their legacy IP be worth it for Microsoft? I mean, it's definitely worth it. And, you know, I've said this before. I feel like Microsoft's really going after IPs uh, mm -hmm. and publishers. They're not necessarily going after the developers anymore. They have so many devs in-house at this point that... You know, if somebody wants to move around, I don't think they're going to have a problem with it. So it's one of those things like everybody says they, they need to get a Japanese studio or publisher or whatever. So there's no more Japanese legacy studio than Sega. Out Capcom, exactly. maybe Konami, but Sega really does, you know, like, you know, fit the bill, in my opinion. And and one thing I want to say real quick, it is really it's kind of disheartening and sad to see that they're getting out of the arcade business. Not After gonna lie 58 to you. years, dude. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Like I grew up, you know, in the arcade. That's that's what where my gut love of gaming really started, um, and that, that's something that it, it irks me a little. But I mean, they got to be consolidating at this point. Um, it, it's a little, it's a little scary because like it's like, please, Sega, don't go away. You do so many <laughs> great things. Um, you've really you pushed gaming like dude sonic was such an innovative character and and the way the game played yep. back when we were younger was just incredible um you know it's one of those things like it's it's even sadder to see that they can't really get a foothold in in the greatness that they were with with sports games at that point in time they really they lost that um obviously licenses and all that kind of killed that um I, they gotta be there's something going on now is it microsoft purchasing them we would hope because we know at the end of the day microsoft is going to let them be sega yeah i mean we really know that now now you know if you say microsoft 10 15 years ago that's not the case and i understand that but you know uh, the xbox division at this point you know he's now the ceo of gaming for microsoft phil is a gamer and if anything, he wants to lift up Sega and say, hey, we're here for you. We got you. You know what I mean? And I think even like having the Yakuza series and all these series, you know, games that, you know, you generally wouldn't see and they all coming in the game pass, you know, Microsoft's cutting a check and saying, it's Sega here, man. Like, like, you know, you can't leave. We're, we're, we're not like that. So you've heard Phil many times. I want to preserve gaming, you know, even with the back combat, the way it is out. Like, I think he would love to have every Xbox game ever made, be able to do that. Obviously licensing once again would be an issue. So, you know, there's something going on. It could be just Sega saying, Hey, we need to like consolidate, you know, how we make money. We need to take these businesses that unfortunately because of the pandemic have just died out. Um, and it, it could be kind of like, you know, a alert, alert strategy, you know, to just keep the company going the right direction, which we've seen them. They, they got out of the hardware business and they still survived. So it could be just that could also be, you know, 
this partnership is just kind of this way to say, hey, you know, if we have a good relationship here, you know, maybe it'll go further. That could be that. So right now I'm just kind of like sitting there like, you know, we know it can happen. Hogue just said that. So let's just put that to bed. But at the same time, let's look at it and say, if they just have a partnership and, and Microsoft's able to help them financially because they put their games on Game Pass, that's I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, let's bring in Dreadpool into the conversation. Sega is uh, a legacy uh, company, uh, but, but but what comes with Sega besides its legacy IP is that even though they're not as dominant as they once were, they're still a force to be reckoned with in Japan. This is a region that notoriously uh, Microsoft has failed. Jeremy Brown in the chat, uh, he says something very interesting. Uh, Jeremy, welcome to the program, brother. He says, Xbox has had success in Japan this gen far better than any other gen so far. And uh, with that said, Crispy, I mean, uh, Dreadpool, We've seen, you You know, you're very active on Twitter as I am. We're constantly seeing, I mean, I, I think I retweeted about half a dozen posts yesterday with people buying Xbox Series X, buying Series S. As a matter of fact, someone showed a, a cart with about 40 of them on. And then another one, they're here and they're gone. And it was only two left. Microsoft is selling in Japan, getting Sega, hypothetically, would be a big deal. How important do you think it would be? Well, it's always important. I mean, that's been the market that they haven't been able to get into. So I, I looked at my phone. I looked at the translator. I p typed in Sega, and I, and I said, translate to U.S. Uh, English, right? And it said, instead of saying Sega, it said Xbox. I love it. I love so, it. So, But, no, I mean, <laughs> that's that's right. Uh, they, they've been partners for such a long time. Um, they... <sighs> For for Xbox to break into Japan has been a very difficult time, and you know, and this is the best that they've ever done. Yep. And they've also, because of other issues uh, like um, you know Sony moving to America to to have their corporate office, um, you got different things where where certain people are feeling like they're getting uh, left overlooked. Out. Maybe, yeah, you know what I mean. So. So with all that stuff going on, there's so many different factors here. But, I mean, yeah, they've said, they've expressly said that they need to get a foothold better. They need to do better to get in there. And, obviously, what better way than getting the Japanese RPGs, the Japanese-style games? They need to get stuff that interests the Asian market, right? And, obviously, Bro Shooter Bro isn't going to cut it anymore. You know, that's that's the U.S. That's the, the stereotype for us. So when when it comes to stuff like that, they they need to you know open up the portfolio, and if that's what they got to do, whether it's a partnership, or if you know I'm hoping they buy them, you know it, it's it's they've been courting for such a long time, you know it, I, I I see it happening, but yeah. I've wanted to to happen too. So there's it's a big deal, you know, yeah. and that's a that's a huge market to break into. I absolutely, agree. I I absolutely agree with everything you think. I I think that it is a big deal. It's it's so much a big deal 
Uh, I, I let me just catch up on two super chats because they they're relevant to the conversation, and we're going to bring John in in on that conversation. Outbreak Podcast, good friend of the show, and who will be making his debut this Monday evening on Primetime Gaming, says this after dropping a very generous two dollars super chat. What if Game Pass had classic Sega Dreamcast games? Hell, freaking yeah, dude! Like I I still have a Dreamcast. I got 86 games. I have the um, uh, the one that for America that was in black, and I have the import version that was in white in storage. I got multiple controllers. I even got the little uh, memory cards. I don't think they work because they're old as hell. But I Dreamcast, my favorite console of all time. They had the greatest Capcom and SNK fighting lineup in the history of gaming, and I own every freaking game, some of which are still sealed. I would absolutely love that. Then we have another one coming. I like the name Godzilla 2021. That is pretty dope. Let me wait. Let me find your super chat. Hold on just it's one in second. The chat. It's in the private chat. Oh, okay. Thank you, brother. Um, he says this after dropping a very generous $5 super chat. They also own Creative Assembly and Relic, who still continue to make strategy games like Company of Heroes and Total War. Indeed. And that those two studios, along with what Microsoft currently has, oh my God, that would be monster. Because our RTSs, listen, they're not always my thing. My favorite RTS, and then probably no one in the chat played it, is Aliens versus Predator on the old school Xbox. I have a copy sealed, and I have a copy brand new. I mean, uh, one that's open. My favorite RTS of all time. I beat all three campaigns. Absolutely fantastic. And we have Chris R. Drops a very generous $5 of chances. Came in late, but wanted to say congrats, boom, for getting into the 10K club. Yes, thank you very much for that, Chris. Definitely appreciate the congratulations. And finally, after the long, the long haul, we did it. And that's thanks to everyone in this chat. We have 557 people here. My God, this is awesome. And it's because of you that I was able to get that 10K. John, let's get you in on the conversation. Uh, what's interesting and what I find to be, as a matter of fact, and I could be wrong here, is last year they had that strategic partnership announced. And, you know, we can't say for sure if that was, uh, you know, if that was after or before Bobby K came to Microsoft and they started to work on this deal, because maybe they wanted to grab Sega. And now that this deal was coming, they were like, hey, listen, Sega, we want you, but we need to, you know, we need to take care of this first. In your opinion, how big of a uh, of a seismic uh, shift would it be if Microsoft did next year add Sega to Microsoft uh, Xbox Game Studios? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, Boom. I, it, that would be monumental, especially for us, um, you know, Xbox centric fans, because we know uh, the the origins of the Xbox and how important Sega played a factor in that. Sega is in the DNA of Xbox and Xbox, uh, vice versa. Let let me. I've been beating on this drum, Boom, for the longest time, for years now. I had a conversation with Kaysante. He was actually the first person that I was able to interview. Uh, on my channel and we got into this a bit and I, I i'm gonna i'm gonna lead us down this path right would it be big 
to answer your question, Boom, absolutely. Because think of all the IPs that would be coming into to, to, to Xbox. All the games that, that are not synonymous with Xbox would all of a sudden appear on Game Pass now. You have your personas of the world and, and stuff like that. So I think that would be a huge win for fans. But let, let's lead us down this path, right? Let me lead us down this path a little bit. I, I've been this proponent that Microsoft really needs to evaluate their positioning in in japan and i've been saying for the longest time that they should have rebranded a long time ago made that acquisition of sega because that has power that name sega has power in japan at least i feel that way unfortunately xbox in my opinion is seen as the microsoft company as the american company and there's this stigma right uh, that, yeah, they, they've done a lot to turn it around, boom. They really have. Uh, I, I mean, it's it's an accomplishment that we're seeing, uh, you know, those screenshots with Xboxes being bought up and, and things like that. And I think that, that they've worked so long and hard to, to be able to even make a dent, make some type of impact. But in my honest opinion, if Phil Phil's getting the Lifetime Achievement Award already, boom, I, I think everyone on this panel can agree Phil is probably the best executive Xbox has ever had. Uh, and, and dare I say he might be the best executive in all of gaming in history. Yeah, I so agree. Can, can, can you imagine, Boom, if Phil Spencer can also uh, add to his accolades that he rebranded Xbox to Sega in Japan and he made Xbox a winner over there? Think of the, cl- the cloud services that they're going to be providing for gaming. In yep. my opinion, I think that it would be a stronger suit and a, and a better sell to that Japanese audience to say this is Sega Cloud Gaming, and you have that under that banner. You you can kind of rebrand the Xbox to be the, the the new Sega console. Is that a realistic? I don't know. I don't know how everyone feels about that, but I've been saying for the longest time that I really do think that if they were to, to kind of rebrand the Xbox brand into Xbox slash Sega or Sega slash Xbox, it, it would it would just do wonders for them in Japan. And that's that's my thoughts on that. Boom. Can can ah. I can I double back on that one? Yeah, sure, absolutely. All right, because we know Zenimax is operating separately, right? And this and this is something yet again people keep forgetting. Activision is reporting directly to Phil, not Matt Booty, right? What if Sega does the same thing? So they're that's their own thing. Yeah, you know they still do their own thing, but they report to Phil, not Xbox. So technically, it would not be an Xbox company. Just a th- just a thought. You, what what I know, you just you, said, you, strike that. You know, hit me in the in the head with that. Like, wait a second, that that would be an interesting. Yeah. That, I, that, I really that, do that's think very interesting. Yeah, and and like I said, and and I'll and I'll end with this. I I, I just feel like if uh, if they really want to 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 engage that Japanese audience, they got to hit them with some legacy, right? They got to hit them with a name that means something yep, to them. 100%. Xbox, Xbox, I mean, it doesn't really mean anything to them. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong on that. Now, when you say Sega, now you got them. Now yeah. you're like, wait a minute. What do you mean Sega's back? Y- you know, so that that's kind of mm-hmm. what, what I would do if I was in Phil's position. You know, it's funny. I, totally a separate point. Hyperkin, you know, they make the, the, the classic legacy controllers, which they're really good at. Uh, there's, there's a rumor that they want to bring back the Zune. I say yes, please, because the Zune, my wife still has one. She has the boom box and everything. It's dope. But they put something out on Twitter the other day, and they actually added Sega and say, hey, listen, can you uh, let us make uh, remake the Dreamcast? And I was like, oh, my God, I would drop coin on that in a freaking second fuzzy 
Let's get your opinion on this, brother. <laughs> the importance of what Microsoft is doing in Japan cannot be understated. Right. That's this is something that we know that they that they want to they want to win in Japan. Now, are they going to be number one or number two? Probably not. But they want to be a, a competitive three. And I think that if you turn around with the cloud gaming that they're looking to push, which we know is doing very well in that region of the world, um, and you can turn around and you add a Sega. What, what are your thoughts of how big of a deal that would be if they chose to add Sega? Well, I, I really love John's idea and to to uh, piggyback Dreadpool's idea as far as like, just make it where Sega is that independent company and it's reboxing or rebranding the, the Series X or Series S or something like that, the Sega logo on it. Uh, make sure you have uh, uh, a distinct library for the Sega consoles that are over there. Um, but uh, I, I like the idea. I would love for Xbox to have it, but I, I, not that I'm Nostradamus by any means. I kind of saw the, the bungee thing with PlayStation, and I, I kind of get the uneasy feeling that Sega's not going to wait around that year that it would need, that Xbox would more than likely need to take before they would be able to acquire them. I, I would prefer Xbox to be the one to acquire them, but I get this sinking feeling. Well, not sinking, but I, I get this feeling that Nintendo will be the one to snatch them up. You know, it's interesting you say that because they actually, and I, I, right, going right directly to your point, they literally just did an article. The president of Nintendo of Japan, not of America, not Bowser, mm -hmm. said that, uh, and I think this was a day or two ago, they are not going to get into the bidding war to advance what Nintendo does best. They yeah. literally just said that. Now, even with them saying that, and everybody's not really looking to see them acquire anybody. I just, I think that would make most sense for their, their new online expansion as far as the, the, the um, uh, Sega Genesis games and, and uh, some of the uh, other uh, Sega titles that they have on their online service. Why not just own all those IPs? Yeah. And now you mm -hmm. have the wherewithal to do whatever you want with Sonic. Uh, have more crossover stuff with Sonic and Mario, if possible. But I, I just I get this feeling that Nintendo is going to kind of find their way into the conversation of acquisitions as well, and wind up snatching up Sega because well they have a vault of money and they're doing yeah. well. And it's it's kind of weird because honestly I think Nintendo wouldn't do as much with the Sega IPs as what like let's say a Sony would do if Sony were to acquire them but yeah, we, know, we all know the history pump, between Sony and Sega Pumpkin Queen in, in the chat says Nintendo would ruin Sega <laughs> <laughs> well they, they kind of been battling and I think those two are more likely to become a pair as opposed to PlayStation and Sega just for the fact that Sony is essentially what killed Sega other than Sega shooting itself in the foot a couple of times but but aside from that, Sony is the one that pretty much pushed them out of the industry. So I, I, I see Nintendo being the one to pick them up. If it wasn't for the Activision deal, it'd be a whole different conversation, I think. I think Sega would have been that that um, uh, acquisition that would be happening this year. But now that, you know, with Activision and, you know, the situation with that they're going through with the lawsuit and the price drop and them wanting to sell... I mean, that that's a deal you just can't pass up. I mean, just yeah, no, no, whether it's for the IPs or or the talent in the studios, either way you look at it, I, I can understand why Phil and, and Satya are like, yeah, yeah, let's 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 make this happen. But 
I would love for Sega to be acquired by Xbox, but I something tells me Nintendo's going to be the one that'd be like, you know what? Here's a surprise, you know, news drop on a Monday or Tuesday or something weird. And we'll be like, wait, what? No, Nintendo would probably do it on a Friday to give everyone time to think about it. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, you bring up interesting points. And look, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I, I want to see Sega join Microsoft, but I'm going to I don't think it would be a terrible thing if because they seem like they go hand in hand with uh, Nintendo and Sega. But uh, that's that that could be obviously debated uh, real quick before we bring in VJ in the conversation. I got to thank Henry nine, seven, eight with the outstanding five dollars. Super Chen says, remember the Sega branded Xbox Series X. Indeed, that is I still think there's something there, Henry. I I. I I, I want, I'd love to see it. VJ, you've heard That's everyone's it. points, and I'm going to get yours. Obviously, <laughs> you've, you've been in the business from both sides of the coin. We talk about that all the time. As someone that has a, a history with Japan, like people don't know that about VJ, um, yeah. how big of a deal do you think it would be if Microsoft did add Sega? I mean, it would be brilliant, right? I think somebody in the comments put that, wouldn't it be great you could play all the old Dreamcast games on your on your Xbox and um, would, would it, I mean, I heard everybody's thoughts and I might shoot myself in the foot, but when I find myself on the side of the majority, I, I kind of, my brain just has these counter thoughts. So just to make it interesting, would it be okay if I offered a counter opinion? Hello? Why not? Yeah, sure. go ahead. Oh, okay, great. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure, dude. <laughs> it's just that there's such a positivity and I didn't want to bring it down, but I've got to speak my truth. So, Look, I think um, Hoag's sort of made some, and it's about time we had someone more intelligent than me on the show. Um, but um, Hey now, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> intelligence, is, intelligence is just memory, and it's just, a, it's, it's just your ability to put words together in a cunning way. There's nothing, there's nothing morally great about being intelligent. Um, so <laughs> uh, um, if you're, yeah, common sense, I would say, trumps intelligence. So anyway, I am, um, what... <laughs> If you put up, if you put aside, right, all sort of um, how can I put it, like sentiment and, and and supposition and a yearning for, you know, as gamers obsessively want, you know, certain companies to join, you know, their ecosystem. If you can put all of that aside, if you're asking me about Sega joining any company, and that includes Nintendo, I, I kind of, from my experience and spending time over there and talking to various different people in the industry, um, I, I don't think it's a it's a it's an outcome that that will happen and i'll give you a couple of observations as to potentially why if if you were listening to hogue and it, and he was putting it very politely so i'll just put it bluntly <laughs> as a nation japan in all my time epitomizes nationalism and uh, as an example yes. i'm not sure sure if it's still true today but at some point not so long ago japan has or had the like the smallest amount of inward foreign investment as a proportion to its uh, GDP than any other country in the world. So, and w w when we talk about acquisitions, even within the, some nations, right, say within America, and we, we always sort of talk about, you know, the value and this and that and the other, but the, one of the things that I find that we talk about on this on the show is that we always look at the fact that, is it a cultural fit? And and that's within that's within the borders of your own country. So when I look at Sega and what I know of them uh, and their board and stuff like that, and then look at Microsoft, you, you have to look more closely rather than a sort of fleeting veil glance. And you might realize that the two companies couldn't be more further apart in, in, in a cultural respect, right? And 
I want to just touch on Satomi Sang. I heard so many stories about him, which I don't want to talk all about on the show, but when I was in Japan. And look, he, he's a self made billionaire in his own right. And I don't know how to put this politely, but he, he's born of a generation that still kind of recalls bombs of mass destruction being dropped on his country. And and Sammy and bought Sega. I actually should say Satomi San, right? Who bought Sega, such as his influence. And that was, and as irony would have it, out of personal sentiment. And he's a man of of of, um, of huge influence. And he he was he was endeared enough to Sega to change his company name to Sega Sammy, right? And since then, if you if you really look closely at their at their business, and, and anyone can find this on the internet. I was just doing some quick search, right? As as, as Hogue and others were were, were talking. Sega and all of its IP has been totally, and I think the, I think the correct terminology, business terminology, is like vertically integrated across every division of, of Sammy Corp. So you know, and I think someone mentioned you know that their main businesses are you know gambling slot machines, video and mobile games, hotel resorts, and, and golf courses, and toys and merchandise. And obviously, the pachinko slot machines, I, I think you'll find, have all sorts of. Sega game IPs attached, right? And, and I think they also license tons of um, third-party video game licenses from from neighboring uh, um, video game uh, publishers, right? So when I look at it from a business perspective, a reverse integration would cause an upheaval of such magnitude that would significantly damage perhaps or derail Sega Sammy as a company, right? Um, and let alone having to revert their public sort of corporate name right back to Sammy, right, rather than Sega Sammy. And... <laughs> And when I look at Microsoft in terms of how they're moving in the industry and just, right, you can see right now, right, that they're vying for beachfront property, right? And I just don't know if Microsoft would want to get involved or embroiled in an acquisition and discuss it and discuss it and discuss it because I think that they'll find that uh, it will come to a point where it's just diminishing returns for both sides. And I I can't see Microsoft, and I could be wrong here because I, you know, I, I, can you really see them getting involved in an acquisition that involves resorts and gamblings? No, no but see, see yeah. this is this is the interesting aspect of the conversation. Uh, first of all, they Sega just got out of the arcade business that was announced after 58 years, which is mm-hmm. like like Dreadpool said, is very sad. But they also are changing the name for the for where the where the company does use their gambling. Uh, part of the of the conversation. So if they do in fact change the name and they do move that to a separate entity, like it's been said, it, it appears that they might be trimming the fat for an acquisition. And if if arcade mm-hmm. and gambling is no longer part of it and it's simply just gaming, I think that sets up the conversation of acquisition. And again, because Microsoft is so aggressive, it would I think it would be a big big win for them. If if, if- if, if I look at it like this, right, the closure of the arcade should have happened 15 to 20 years ago. It's, it was only through the generosity and grace of Satomi-san, right, and his influence, right, that they remained open at all. And when I, and this is just a glance from my, when I see Sega getting out of arcades, it's like, for me, it was like Sony Pictures or Disney owning the AMC theater chain, right, over here in America and deciding to sell off the locations and assets, right, focusing on creating movies, in, in this case, obviously games, right? So let's assume I'm wrong, right, and... How much would Satomi-san, as a major shareholder, want in order to put a proposal to the board and shareholders? And I'd suggest that money, and I've talked about this before, right, about Japan and money and so on and so forth and how they view it, right? I suggest money is not an incentive for a 75-year-old billionaire, right? And any 
potential deal, as I said, would perhaps release, reach a point of diminishing returns. And the other thing I would caveat this with, and this is not Microsoft's fault entirely, right? The gaming community in Japan have seen firsthand, right? Activision, uh, EA, Ubisoft, and they, they've all tried to establish or even purchase studios in Japan, nothing successfully. And, and they've left a sour taste in the gaming community, which still lingers on even today. And I'll just finish up here. So Sega is held in high regard in Japan, maybe not quite a, a national treasure or, or if, you know, or an esteemed sort of piece of heritage, but you, you kind of get my drift, right? And Satomi-san, after decades of existence and what I know of him and how he operates and, 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 and how nationalistic he is, right? I don't think he'd want on his legacy or even on his headstone, headstone written sold to Microsoft, not on his watch. And I dare say his <laughs> watch. And, so, and, and what I will say is this, uh, boom, right? A slew of strategic partnerships in Japan. Now, that's something that is clearly beneficial, sustainable, and always a prevalent, right? And I mean prevalent in terms of common, right, possibility. And I think with that sort of crepuscular ray of hope, um, that's me done. No, no. I mean, you know what? You make a great point. Actually, I think Dreadpool mentioned that with the partnership. He would be happy with a partnership. And, yeah. and I think that to your point, that actually might be something that makes more business sense, per yeah. se, for, for everyone involved. Because maybe Sega knows that they wouldn't get it regular through regulatory, uh, uh, you know, um, eyes or hands so to speak and make, maybe microsoft understands that and that's why this this strategic partnership was announced and you'll see yeah. maybe more sega games come potentially exclusively to xbox uh, sorry, so sorry, so boom. the common sense yeah. guy is uh agreed with the smartest man in the room yeah. there you go <laughs> or, or is what, it the smart ass with the what, smartest uh, man in the room <laughs> what, what i would say boom um I don't. I think what, if you listen to what Hogue said, it's not a case of um, sort of regu regulatory uh, bodies getting in the way or or, um, or stopping you in your tracks. What what he said is that look, and what he was politely saying is that look, if you apply sustained pressure and put enough money into it, you can overcome <laughs> regulatory bodies. Right? You just have to dance to their tune because if you can apply sustained pressure they will crack right uh, it's or they will say okay look let's come to a point where we can agree on this and if you can fulfill this criteria you know we'll let it move ahead right they're not there to sort of impede you and, and brick wall you unless they find you're up to something no good or untoward right so i, I think what hoag said look with enough money which microsoft have and with sustained pressure and if you can meet the criteria anything realistically is a possibility well, listen, with that said, folks, we're going to continue in on the conversation of acquisitions. And uh, one of the things that we've we've kept seeing in the recent days is there is a subset of a particular community that wants to see Microsoft particularly fail at this Activision Blizzard deal, which isn't going to happen. But the reason why we're talking about it isn't because it's the biggest deal in the history of gaming. It isn't because Microsoft is going to when this deal is done is going to just be so inundated with incredible talent for studios. The question of Microsoft not having games is going to be irrelevant, right? That's going to be a, a conversation that we're no longer going to have. I think they already have that. We've heard Jez Corden say uh, just on the Xbox 4 podcast where they guessed it on uh, Xbox Era, who hit 10K just before I did. Um, go check that out. It was a great three-plus-hour show 
John, Nick, uh, Rand, and and Jez really put on an incredible show, to say the least. And um, what Rand said, um, not Rand, I'm sorry. What what Jez said was that Microsoft has so many games in the pipeline. He doesn't know where they're going to – that the next couple of years is going to be insane. Uh, With that said, we got to talk about what – Head of Microsoft, Satya Nadala, said yesterday that really kind of stopped all of this, all of this, it's not going to happen nonsense in its tracks. And obviously, this was an interview that he did. And here are some of the quotes. Uh, And by the way, folks, we just crossed 600 people here in the chat. Thank you so much. I think it might be a record for this particular show uh, on a Friday morning, which is bonkers. So thank you so much for that. Here are some of the quotes directly pulled uh, from that interview. uh, And this is what Satya Nadala had to say regarding this deal. He says this, and I quote, at the end of the day, all of the analysis here has to be done through a lens of what's the the uh, category we're talking about. And what about the market structure? Even post this acquisition, we will be number three with with, with sort of low teens market share, where even the highest player is also in the teens for that said market share. It shows how fragmented content creation platforms are. And so that's the fundamental category. Yes, Will we be a big player in what is a highly fragmented place? Yes. But also, the analysis will also have to extend to say, why are these content companies trying to become bigger? It's because the place where the constraints really are in is in distribution. And finally, he says, the only, dis- oh, the only open distribution platform for any gaming content, guess what, is Windows. The biggest store on Windows is Steam. It's not ours. People can do any payment instrument, whereas all of the other gaming distribution platforms are closed. Okay, so crispy. I mean, that's a lot. That's that that's a that's a lot to dig through. Does this pretty much sum up for you that this deal is going to get done potentially by the end of 2022 and even as late as June 2023? It's going to happen. Um, there would have to be a huge misstep for it not to happen. I mean, Hogue just told you, like, they're going to play very nice. And and this is them kind of challenging the fact that they are even, you know, being looked at. If you look at if you look at the words in themselves, it's kind of them like, eh, eh, you know, let's have our CEO come out here and kind of, you know, calm the waters and say, you know, this is the way we're thinking. Um it, the fact is, is, and, and I, I wanted to ask the question, but I knew we only had Hogue for a little time. If you look at Disney buying Fox, there's great, a prime great example. comparison. Great okay. comparison. Mm-hmm. There's a prime example right there. It is almost the same price. Okay. And they went through, you know, the FTC and, and I believe even the DOJ got involved at one point. Yes, they both did. As a matter of fact, for that yeah, deal, so, it was it was it was scrutinized for sure. So, if the DOJ doesn't get involved, that's where you go and say it's it's actually if this FTC little thing they're doing right now is is 
smoothed over and it's very quick and in six months you're looking at and they say okay we we went through our whole process everything looks good i highly doubt the doj will get involved yeah um which means if the DOJ doesn't get involved, it's going to go through probably even sooner than than June of next year. So maybe a Christmas miracle, maybe by the end of the year. Yeah, and and that's where you know I I, I do I, and and everybody you know the sticking point is Call of Duty because it's it's the highest selling game for the past what I would say almost five years. years at minimum, maybe eight years. I I was going to say eight too, but. Um, <laughs> It's my lucky number, by the way. I'm just saying. Uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where I look at it and I say, you know, how can you go about this process without really hitting home the fact that you have that thing to bring up Disney and Fox? You know what I'm saying? Like, these are multimedia powerhouses. You know what I'm saying? And And one bought the other. And if you really think about it, Disney pulled this off and not being the company, you know, the amount of capital that Microsoft has, the, the you know, they, they probably have less lawyers than Microsoft has. You know, you, you never hear about them. They're the, the unsung heroes as far as they're concerned. You know what I mean? Like even with Epic versus Apple, I bet you there is Microsoft lawyers, you know, on the side of Epic and they just threw their name in there. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, you got these people working behind the scenes. It's one of those crazy things that it's like, I just, I don't understand why people think this is not going to happen. Like I said, somebody could really miss them. Really just, you know, say something really dumb. We've seen it. Okay. We can all look at Lion Ryan. All right. You know, you look at, you look at how, how your, your, you know, true fans look at you and you say, well, you talked out of both sides of your mouth. Phil has been very good about not doing that. The one we could bring up is the VR thing. Okay, that is about it. So out of the the tenure that he has had, he had one misstep. Okay, indeed. Because yeah. maybe at that time they were looking at it as a viable, you know, commodity. And 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 what I say that is is that they looked at it and said we can make money. But then they saw you know PSVR not doing well, and they're saying. Well, if we're going to get into this, I mean, it has to be logical at this point in time. You know what I mean? And it just wasn't. And instead of focusing on something like that, we got him focusing on what we have now. The amount of IPs, the amount yeah. of games that Jez said that are possibly going to be coming out and they don't know where to place them. And and also time. You see, you see Forza Motorsport. They, they've never had this long of a dev cycle. Like, yeah. like they're they're giving games time, like like I said, like at minimum end of twenty twenty four is when you would see a gear six, and you know I love gears, yeah, you know what I mean. But they're also looking at stuff like the Halo TV show. They're looking at this building this universe, and 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 you know building out you know getting people to look at a game differently because of a TV show they watch. And, and Sony's already been doing this. So Sony's a little ahead on this. Like, let's not ignore that. Like, they have the studios to do this immediately. You know, Microsoft's looking at partnerships. Yeah. So I go and say, and I look at it, I'm going to be honest. I, I'm kind of on this, like, new kind of thought process 
that's saying the next big purchase that Microsoft would do would actually be in the TV space. That WB one always keeps, you know, it keeps scratching my itch in the back of my head. I'm like, you know, that that would be the one where they get everything. I, the, the only way Microsoft would go for WB is if they actually retained the actual licenses, meaning that they owned DC Comics. That that would be the that would be the biggest one. They well, they to. they would have to buy the entire company. Which yeah, they, they would. Could. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and and you also, I'm gonna tell you, like like this Halo TV show is going to be like a little test. It, I, 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 it I feel yeah. I, I feel like, and, and I'll tell you, a lot of people just don't agree with me. Gears 5 was a complete and total test for the Game Pass model. Like, a lot of people forget that game was basically, you know, this this little thing, the little engine that could. Everybody knows Gears, knows what it is, but the, the casual doesn't understand it. You know what I mean? And, and it's a very hard game to learn. But at the same time, it, I, I disagree with anybody that says it was not successful. It brought a lot of subs to Game Pass. Sure it, also, it, it also showcased visually what what you know the xbox one x at the time could do and you can't say anything about gears gears was top quality third person over the shoulder uh what you get in sony it it, it was it it could match any of sony's games in regards to graphics you say otherwise you're just straight up lying well you know (laughs) that argument is just long past but i mean the people that actually played the game they should know um the fact is is that i've always i always felt like gears 5 was an experiment into game pass and releasing day and day because really besides like sea of thieves uh state of decay it was really the biggest franchise to launch immediately into game pass at that time so you look at it and you say microsoft is not is going to test the market like they they thinking far ahead when it comes to cloud gaming and everything else but at the end of the day, they know Game Pass is viable. They're making money. Even though people say they're not, they are making money <laughs> off of it. Okay. And and you have to look at that and say, like, they're testing the market. Because what did we hear recently? Metaverse. Metaverse. Yep. Metaverse. Yeah, and they're not, looking at, they're not looking at it at VR right now. Because Phil is very adamant. He, he, you know, it could be third party with them and and... They're not looking at that yet, but they're looking at books, TV shows, you know, freaking movies, whatever it may be, entertainment as a whole, and bringing these characters to life to some people that don't look at gaming like that and say, would this look cool? And the prime example, Disney did it for them with The Mandalorian because people are obsessed with that, and it was a mass character uh, 99.8% of the time. And you go and say, so many of these characters are unknown, yet you didn't know about them, yet it is a highly successful TV show. Now you bring out Halo. If that works on Paramount, they could buy Paramount. They could. They sure okay? could. So just look at it that way. And they're going into a different realm. So then you go and say, Monopoly, you can't say it. You can't. Yeah, no, no, 100%. I, I think the, the anyone that's trying to push the Monopoly uh, uh, argument really just just you're embarrassing yourself because all you have to do is look at the other players on uh, in the field and microsoft again like like satin said we're still gonna only be number three so how could this be a monopoly and there you go for dreadpool before i bring in on the conversation brother 637 people here my god that is awesome hit the like button for the love of joe and of course if you're not subscribed 
consider subscribing. This is the kind of talk we do three times a week on multitude of programs that I put out there. Uh, but I got to catch up on some of the Super Chats. Michael Cullock, generous friend of the show, doesn't drop just one but two Super Chats. And the first one of $5, he says this. Considering that Microsoft and Sega are already engaging in a partnership, an acquisition may not be necessary. Indeed, I absolutely agree 1,000%, Mike. Um, and you dropped another one, which we have here, thanks to Dreadpool, putting it in the chat. He says this after dropping a very generous $10 super chat and says, considering the difficulty of grabbing a Japanese publisher, maybe Microsoft is better served building a few Japanese studios internally or buying smaller studios like Arc System Works. That is a great, great point. We got Whole Milk drops a very generous $5 super chat and says, I think Microsoft should hold back on buying anyone and wait for Gabe to retire and buy Valve. We've been talking about that for a while, dude. And I honestly thought that, that you know, when they had that big uh, conversation at the end of last year, that Valve was going to be the, 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 the big one that we're talking about. Valve would be incredible for Microsoft, specifically in the PC realm. And we also have um, Arlie TSL drops a very generous $10 super chat and says, when Phil Spencer deserve, while Phil Spencer deserves a lot of praise for turning the Xbox brand around or business around, I think in the long run, it's Satya Nadal's all-in gaming for Microsoft that's uh, the bigger impact. Indeed, without Satya, there is no uh, you know, spending spree, and it's obviously, uh, you know, it, it, listen, every, it, it, when we talk about Phil Spencer, a lot of the times I hear in the chats, hey, man, you're forgetting about all the other people. Well, listen, we all we know that Microsoft isn't run by just Phil Spencer. He is the head of it, sure, but we also know that there's a huge amount of, of people and a team at Redmond in Seattle that helps move these cogs. A lot of the names we don't know, some of them we do, but Great, great point, Arlie. Uh, definitely appreciate that. Dreadpool, let's get your opinion on this. Does this satisfy your curiosity on whether or not this deal... Because I'm going to be honest with you. I read the article multiple times. I didn't even include some of the other points that uh, Satya made because it's this is a talk show. We only have so much time. To me, he seemed very bullish in his in in his approach to these questions and that tells me that he believes in his heart of hearts that this is not going to be a problem where do you fall on this you say bullish i say cocky okay All you know right. what i mean yeah. you know when you potatoes believe, when, uh, potatoes yeah, exactly. potatoes right but when, when you believe <laughs> when you believe in in yourself you believe in a, in a cause you know you're gonna put you know you're gonna put your chest out there and, and stand up and say what you think and that's what he thinks. He knows that this is what's, what's going to happen. This is uh, they. He just has to play the game, you know. And that's that's all it is. Is you know, whether or not the DOJ looks at them or anybody else, it doesn't matter. They know that they got the lawyers. They've done this before. I mean, we've we've already mentioned how many times that do they push the issue on? Hey, we're going to do this, this, and this, you know. And they it, it, through the history of Microsoft. So when when you know that. This is what you're going to go for. This is how it's going to be. And you just lay it out there. You know, sometimes you just got to be blunt like that. And people just don't understand for whatever reason. They just want to make stuff up. And, you know, here, here's the plain truth, you know. And for whatever reason, the public doesn't like a lot of people being blunt. But at the same time, you got to respect it, that they believe in themselves enough 
to say this is how it's going to be and this is what what I think. So I I don't see a big deal out of it. it it's just, you know, I think uh, what we do need to do is buy Phil Spencer a monocle. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. You know, he's obviously uh, was just announced uh, that he's going to be getting the Lifetime Achievement Award at DICE. Uh, and I think that is tremendous. Uh, we're going to go more specifically into detail on what that means for him personally and the brand in Tuesday's uh, Xbox Factor podcast. As a matter of fact, I am writing that show as we speak, and we're still not even past Friday. But I, I, I agree with you. I think bullish. I think cocky. Uh, any of those terminology uh, uh, can be used for it. But I think that he's not doing it in, in, a, in an FU kind of a way. He's no. doing it that he's been in the business long enough to know that if you go – listen, it, quite quite frankly, if you go from number seven to number three, you raise an eyebrow, but you understand that that's just business. You go from number th- 31 to the f- number one, then you might have a problem or three. Uh, real quick, I got wow! I got I got to thank a monster super chat that have just come that has just come in. Um, Jiu-Jitsu fifty drops an outstanding and unbelievable fifty dollars super chat and says to a great man that has helped many people in the community. Congratulations on the success! That is, listen, I I I am blown away by the generosity, but it's the wordage that I think I appreciate even more. That is very, very kind of you to say. And that is something that uh, uh, that I said I was going to do when I built this channel, and that was to make sure that this community and other content creators came first, even before myself. And I think that more need to do that. And it is an honor to introduce new voices and to help as many people as I have. I don't really think I did much but open the door, but, uh, you know, people, uh, I, I, that's very kind of you to say. We also have Brandon XRLS drops a $2 super chat and says, without Phil Spencer, Xbox would be shut down. Indeed, that is very, very true. Uh, let's get John Wolf in the conversation. Listen, we were very fortunate to have uh, Hogue join us today to, for the opening half hour. And uh, obviously, you know, he's had, had a lot to say about the Activision Blizzard situation not only on today's program but on his own channel does this 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 conversation with sati and dollar pretty much let you know that even if it happens to take 18 months since it was announced which is unlikely do you think that this deal is a pretty much a done deal yeah uh i i really like what uh crispy said and dreadpool as well when they went into you know that they're just playing the game uh we heard hogue in the beginning, in the beginning of the show, kind of mentioned that Microsoft is going to be on their best behavior, and they're gonna they're gonna do what they need to do to make sure that this deal goes through. Um, I I think boom yes to answer your question, the deal is going to go through because ultimately, I the FTC has to prove with, def, with definitively that that this deal cannot go through, and they have to put some things out there, right? They need to prove that this is going to, that Microsoft is going to be leading a monopoly. Uh, I think from everything we've heard and, and everything, you know, that, that Hogue mentioned, that's not, that's not true. As you mentioned, they, they will still be in third place even after this acquisition. So right there, that just goes to show the FTC that, hey, we're not looking, you know, for, for global dominance over, you know, everyone. We're just trying to move up 
you know, we're, 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 we're in a certain level now. This is going to take us to that, to that next level. Um, also, you know, how is this going to danger other companies? That's something I'm sure the FTC is going to be looking at. How, like, you know, I, I don't know if they're specifically, specifically going to be looking at, oh, how does this affect PlayStation per se? But the overall landscape of gaming, right? Does I'm sure that the question that they're going to ask themselves is, if Microsoft decides in five years to, in three years, to take away Call of Duty, is, is, is PlayStation going to go away? And I think that Microsoft can easily combat that and, and say no. I mean, they have plenty of IPs themselves. They're, they're, they're buying up studios like Bungie to, to, you know, to be in a strong position so that if they have to face competition, they're more than ready to do that. And uh, it, it, the, the only thing, Boom, that kind of worries me about the deal and it's kind of keeping me from saying that this is a slam dunk, it, I, I do think it's going to go through. But the thing that keeps me up, you know, a little bit to, to worry about it is that the FTC, the, the chair, okay, Lena Khan, all right, she, she, she's, they, they have that kind of this landscape now where their mentality is that they're going to make things tough for big tech. And Microsoft is included in that talk, obviously. Um, and, and they have already blocked two deals, one from NVIDIA and the other for an aerospace company. Um, that's really the only thing that kind of worries me. But there's so many advantages that Microsoft has on, on their side. And, and let's think about the big one, Boom, that, that you're a big advocate of. I know you are because uh, I've listened to plenty of shows where, where you mentioned this, and this is first and foremost – the people that work at Activision yep. and, and, and the regime. Human factor. That, Super exactly. important. Exactly. And, and I think I mentioned Hogue uh, in one of his videos say, if you really think about it, Microsoft's coming in kind of like the superhero to save the day. Indeed to, to, they to, are. Yes. You know, to, to, to save. So that's a good argument on their point. I'm sure that they do firmly believe that, you know, it's not, you know, as I know this is a $70 billion deal. It's money talks. And BS walks, but the bottom line is, is that I'm sure that that is a check mark on their checklist that they do kind of want to, you know, uh, uh, salvage those developers and, and those people that are just under the tyranny of, of Bobby K. Um, so that that's something that I think that definitely is an advantage on on Microsoft side. But other than that, boom, it should be a slam dunk. And and any and remember, remember this, guys, the the FTC needs to prove something they need to prove different variables for this deal not to go through can they do it do they have the power to do it absolutely but I, I i do think that microsoft is very ready to combat anything that they present and i also think that phil spencer and and satya coming out with these statements is very strategic on microsoft's part to to say to kind of um the the last thing i'll say is to kind of shut down the public perception of the deal to say to to not let the ftc feel the pressure from the public to do something irrational i think that that's what this is coming from thanks boom no no no, my, my pleasure real quick in the chat and this is very interesting i got a uh nanya business uh says this this is very interesting and uh, again right on point hold on a sec man this chat's got where, where i just lost it hold on a sec where where is it? Okay, right here, here it is. Yes, yeah, so they, they 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 blocked the deal with Nvidia, uh, Nvidia and ARM because it was a horizontal integration expansion, not vertical like Microsoft is doing with Activision and Blizzard, and that is a phenomenal freaking point. 
Uh, Fuzzy, let's get your opinion on this. You know, with mm-hmm. the point that uh, that that was just read out on, uh, from the chat, which is fantastic and really like like on the pulse of what we're talking about and hearing what Hogue said, hearing what Satya Nadala had to say, how confident are you that this deal goes down? I'm I'm extre- I'm extremely confident that the deal will go through. Um, I think the the big thing is going to be maybe some some uh, compromises or maybe some uh, uh, I I can't think of the word right now, but basically <laughs> some give and take might be involved, like mm-hmm. the whole mentioning of the Call of Duty and even beyond the five-year deal, I don't think that the, the FTC is going to want anything in writing, but I think that if, if anything, there might be some concessions made just so that way, whatever concerns that they could possibly present will be countered. So it won't, won't be a, a factor. I think the DOJ not being the ones doing the investigation, I think kind of signals that it, it's a more likely uh deal to go through uh like uh none of uh, 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 business was saying in the chat uh with the previous blockages that they've made are usually more so where it is going to be a bit of a detriment to the competition level of things nvidia and arm uh those two merging would definitely put a a very that would put a uh, really narrow the, the field you quite will. a bit yeah mm-hmm. i agree now, with, with the Microsoft and Activision deal, and, and as Dreadpool clearly pointed out earlier, it's like, it's not under Xbox, it's under Microsoft Gaming, where it answers to the CEO being Phil for Microsoft Gaming. So it, there there's so many avenues that they can kind of fall back on that should allow this to go through without a hitch. I, I think the only thing that might be an issue in the long term, well, not really even in the long term, will be the side stuff that's going with the state of California as far as the lawsuit or the uh, the union uh, unionization for like some yeah. of the Q&A testers. So those are things that might hurt on the back end. Uh, but I don't think that those will prevent anything going through. It's just a matter of, OK, this gets approved and now Microsoft is going to have to deal or counter with these um issues and things like that but i think in the grand scheme of things anybody that was thinking like it's it's funny the the old adage was xbox had no games xbox needs to compete now they go and do that and it's like oh they're a monopoly it's yeah um, yeah i i think it's a it's a go all the way i'm even thinking like july or august of this year i I, i'm extremely i agree uh, i i i think by by listen if look the 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 deal was just announced mm -hmm. right in in january it it would be hard unless there's some some major hiccups and hurdles thrown at microsoft but it appears that that's not in fact going to be the case this could this could fall into the july uh july august uh, you know, a lot of people said I've, I've, some of the circles that, that we roll in. I've talked to people, and they think December. I I actually kind of push it a little a little out there. I said February of twenty three, mm-hmm. but you know, it, the consensus is this might get done sooner than later. Yeah, especially and- if there's other possible pending things, kind of like what we were talking to uh, Hogue about earlier, where they're going to want to act on their best behavior <laughs> during yeah. this evaluation process. And anything that that might be a potential other 
not necessarily distraction, but other acquisition kind of falls outside of that. But I, I think this gets wrapped up sooner so that way they can pursue other things that may involve partnerships with uh, studios or yeah. well, not gaming studios, but TV and movie, because I think that's on the horizon as well. Yeah, I, I, I think you're onto something. VJ, close out this topic, and then we're going to talk about the breaking news that just was dropped into the chat by Dreadpool. Folks, it's been announced by Rockstar themselves. Grand Theft Auto 6 is coming, confirmed by the company. We're going to get into that in a minute, but let's get your opinion, VJ, as someone that has worked in both aspects of gaming where do you does anything kind of like like make you uh, raise an eyebrow to this deal from Microsoft? Um, first off, I, I don't know um, how the comment came about or why he chose to sort of phrase or or, or posture his his comment in in a sort of that specific way. And, and I think we I kind of might have been on a different show, but I kind of said something previously on the lines that if you want to grasp what's what's happening uh, from a macro perspective look past any public-facing PR charade or comments. America is Microsoft country. They, and I think I said something along the lines that they are a very acute example of how the concentration of power, wealth, and influence can change the face of any given industry, regardless of governing legislation. And, and, you know, regardless of what we may see in the public as like some sort of, you know, dramatized slap on the wrist, big business has has an incredible and, and powerful influence on a nation and can easily lobby and bend rules or deregulate them. I think that's the right legal term. Shame Hogue's not here to correct me. But <laughs> regardless of of what you feel about regulatory bodies, everybody has to be seen to be doing their job. Every single company, every functioning government body is under heavy scrutiny. It's just modern age. And uh, sorry for this history lesson, but and if you kind of want to understand why we are where we are and why this will go through, America in the late 1700s, I think it's something like that. I, I did do American history at school. Um, I don't know if they teach it over here in the curriculum. But anyway, when it was established, it was never designed to sort of reduce inequality. It, it was designed to sort of retain control amongst the privilege. And, and, and they were all self-appointments at the time. And, and nothing's really changed. It's just dressed up differently, regardless of what you think you're observing. You've got to dig a lot deeper and to sort of roughly quote, you know, I think it was something like, you know, the key, the key inscription on there was, it's always got to be the, bat, the opulent versus the majority. And that's exactly how corporate America operates today. It, it, it's very, it's every corporation's mantra. And then you say, well, what about outside of America? That, that's a different sort of conundrum, but I can't recall any deals that the e, EU or, or other governing re- regulatory bodies have jumped on CNN and said, we've blocked this deal because I think everybody pretty much falls in line, right? Yeah. And and um, and again, you know, they may perform the odd public pretense just to show, hey, look, we are actually here. We are one. We do want to earn our salary, right? So don't fire us because we're actually working away. Trust me, right? So um, the question should be, boom, what if the deal doesn't go through, right? And mine is, so what, right? It won't impede Xbox or Microsoft if they're true, if they are truly, creatively, and culturally invested in the in the enigma, right? That is the gaming industry. We're all we're all grown up, and we should know how to move forward and not sulk, stew, and stand still, right? And you see it all the time, right? And 
especially if something doesn't go your way, that, that's that's real. If you want to talk about intelligence, that's real intelligence, right? Being able to sort of observe a situation without evaluating. But I understand it's difficult in modern day society. Even I struggle from it. But just going back to what Dreadpool was saying, um, he mentioned that Satya Nadala, right, was perhaps being bullish. And, um, and I'd have to agree, right? Some public posturing for dramatic effect. Why? Because he can. Right. So I can't see the deal not happening, especially if Microsoft, the poster child of a corporate America, wishes it so. And as I mean, listen, you can't argue that 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 is a fantastic point and one well taken. Um, listen, folks, as I said moments ago, thanks to Dreadpool, and I'm starting to see it show up in my DMs now. It's literally I have a se- seven DMs I have to answer. I'm going to read the uh, the press release coming directly from the Grand Theft Auto community update. And here is what they had to say. With the unprecedented longevity of Grand Theft Auto V, we know many of you have been asking us about a new entry into the Grand Theft Auto series. With every new project we embark on, Our goal is always to significantly move beyond what we've previously delivered. And we are pleased to confirm that active development for the next entry into Grand Theft Auto is well underway. We look forward to sharing more as soon as we are ready. So please stay tuned to the Rockstar Newswire for official details. And this comes to us directly from their official Twitter account, where they confirm the project is well underway. Crispy, look, I know this is no big, this is not big news. We all knew that they were working on Grand Theft Auto 6. I mean, the freaking thing, the, the series just prints money. Um, the Grand Theft Auto 5 is just about to get re-released on the PlayStation 4 and 5. Uh, I mean, the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series consoles with some additional content, I think they're saying. So it's going to continue to build past the 150 million copies that this game has sold. Are you surprised and are you just happy to say, hey, listen, thank goodness we know that this is a Grand Theft Auto 6. It's about damn time. Man. Thank you, sir. I agree. I, agree. <laughs> um, I am one of the few, and and I will stand on this hill. People can look. I have never purchased or played Grand Theft Auto Five. You're like Everborn. Everborn Saga has never played Grand Theft Auto Five. That's crazy. Um, I actually, I don't. I think I played briefly Grand Theft Auto Four. It lost its luster for me a long time ago. What about after play, three for you, maybe? Or Vice City, maybe? Vice City um, and San Andreas. San Andreas okay. was the last one I bought. Um, I thought they couldn't do better. And to be honest, I mean, San Andreas, as far as I'm concerned, built everything you have now. Um, what a what a game that was. Um, but it, it was like, ugh, I'm done. Like, I, I've had it for too long. Um, it's great for, like, I just hope they don't go online all the time, route. Mm, okay. I'm worried about that. Um, games as a service. I mean, with Sony saying what they said, I, I'm worried about this because it's like you got to have the mainline story. You got to have, you know, the the parts that matter. Um, 
Will I buy it? Yeah, because I didn't play five, and I believe they can do better than that. Um, Could you imagine I've... if it comes to Xbox Game Pass day and date? Hello. Yeah that that would be a big <laughs> that would be a a bag dropping there at Rockstar. You know, uh, take two. That would be a big old bag. That would be like a hundred million, I think. You know, they but I'm telling you, Microsoft Phil don't play. No. Phil is not playing no more. Uh, I said, I said, you know, a while ago, hey, King David needs to add another name. I, I don't believe he has yet. So he, maybe he's got some no new name yet. <laughs> yeah. I, I said the savage, like he ended with the savage, but, um, you know, it's one of those things. It's one of those things where it's like about damn time. And, and it's for the gamers that play that game constantly. It's like, you need something new at some point. I mean, I get it. Like, it's still like so prevalent it's the highest selling game of all time yeah you know what i'm saying it, in the history of gaming through, by the it's way been the three, gaming. it's been through three it's been through three generations yeah you know what i'm saying it's it's still getting another update um they did drop the ball with this this uh you know the the three the vice city like they dropped the ball oh, that was i'm sorry awful. Awful. um you know i i look at games at this point like if you're gonna remake um remaster you, you gotta make it look better than that i mean mass effect wasn't great but I, I see a lot of people that enjoyed the series they enjoyed it again and that's the point you know what i mean so hey you know I, i'm a little concerned i i mean how long is this game out because they really weren't specific like oh we've been developing it for years you know what i mean it, they said they've been developing it but you know how long has it been and you know rock stars you know if they started two years ago you got another five years to wait they're just probably like we're sick of hearing about it here you go yeah. you know what i mean like that's the only thing i'm concerned about you also got red dead red dead was hugely successful i mean i'm sure they're probably you know trying to work on another one you know what i mean and maybe make the online a lot better you know, like the first one was for some people, you know what I'm saying? It's one of those things where like the worry is the games as a service model, the amount of money they made off shark cards and all that shit. You know what I mean? Ridiculous. So, excuse my language. But, no, that's quite all right. And, um, you know, it's, it's concerning. I, I'm hoping that they can keep the same model. They, you can have your online. I know a ton of people play it. I am fine with it. Keep it similar give it it needs an upgrade i hope they're upgrading the engine because i've watched too many people play gta 5 and i'm like this doesn't look that great and that's because it's been through three generations i'm not gonna sit here and you know act like i don't know that but it's time for something new it's time for a a new gen a series x ps5 upgrade so yeah. i would expect this at minimum two to three years down the road yeah i mean that, that, that seems that seems about right uh dreadpool uh before i get to your brother jay nichols drops a two dollars of jet and says the most successful ceo uh knows more than playstation fanboys indeed i think so uh king james or oh, king of games king james king of games drops a two pound super chat and says thoughts on microsoft buying take two um are they net are the next target you know it's funny I might move that along to Monday's primetime gaming, but I, I have to see. I, I have to I have to see whether or not that's going to be a worthy of a conversation because you don't want to bore the hell out of the audience. But that is a fantastic point. And 
they could afford to do it. I don't know if it would be uh, right away because it, that's a big undertaking. I think it would someone put in the chat, it would be about a $40 billion purchase, which is half or a little bit more than half of what they're going to eventually spend on the Activision. That would be huge. But I, I, I don't... I. I just don't think take two is worth it. That's just my opinion. But again, that's for, for another day. Uh, Dreadpool, what, what are your thoughts on Grand Theft Auto finally getting the official nod from take two and, and, and Rockstar? Well, it's about time. Um, I kind of figured we we're going to get that uh, parody where Pat Morita played as Rocky in, uh, <laughs> was it Rocky 50 or something? <laughs> right? So That's great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, it, it's it's about time, you know, but I mean, it's not like we didn't know it was happening. I mean, it's exciting news at the same time because it's confirmed, but, it, you know, but it's not because we knew it was going to happen and we still don't know when it's coming out. You know, we've seen in the chat 2030 is when it's coming out. You know, some of us here are going to be long gone before that even happens. I know it's only seven years away, but still, um, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it's 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 good to see that they're doing that, and and at the same time, they're uh, bringing the the one and the four uh, consoles over to five. You get a one-time migration at launch, which is kind of weird, but okay, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Hopefully. Um, all that stuff is figured out. You're getting some more expansions. You're getting some more stuff that's lit- specifically designed for next-gen consoles. So, I mean, at least on the face, there, there's a lot of good faith there. And with them knowing how popular this is, that they need to do that and much more to convert everybody to 6 and whatever that online is going to be. So it, it, it's a big task, you know, and... Were they waiting for these consoles to be out before they can figure out how they're going to do it? I mean, that's actually quite a good question. How you many, know, yeah. is GTA Six that that much advanced or that much bigger that it does need the new hardware to write to, to to run on? Because I have a feeling that this is not coming to the Xbox One and PlayStation Four generation whenever no, this releases. As far as as far as I've read. It does not look like it is. It is all next gen. And look at how many games we have, right? Uh, Cyberpunk. Those those games were literally designed for the Xbox One and the PlayStation Four. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got uh, the new one, Dying Light Two. Yet again, also designed during that era before we even had these consoles here that we're playing on, or some of us are playing now. I know there's still a, a mass majority that can't get the new, you know, the latest consoles right now. But, you know, it, those things were so far in development, they were not based on this, just like Halo. You know, it, it, they, what did they do? It Like twice they had to shut down and restart the engine? Yeah. Uh, building it, you know, so well, technically once, but they're, we'll say twice. Um, but, you know, they had to, like, figure it out because they were still uh, guessing at as to what next gen is going to hold. You know, when it comes to the PC, it's, you know, graphics are scalable, but when you're, when you're, required only so much information that the cpu can process there's there's your uh, your limited uh liability right there that you can't get past you know now that these consoles can handle that much more they can do that much more so or were they sitting there i mean look at nintendo they they push out all these games and all these consoles that they do but they've got consoles planned 
you know, two generations from this generation. So when you when you're looking at it like that, you know, they're looking at tech, you know, just like right now, Sony, yeah, and Microsoft are still figuring out what to do about the supply chain. But you don't think those engineers are just sitting there twiddling their thumbs? What are they, they're just sitting there like, all right, cool, we we launched everything, we're good to go. No, they're working on the next consoles. They're working on the next, trying to figure out what the next tech is, the next thing that's coming in line. And, and the same goes for game design. So for them to do this, you got to figure they've been trying to sit there and figure out how they're going to build this engine to perform the best that, that it can, right, with, with what we have coming out now. Now that we have next gen here, here we are, you know, we're a, a year into it and then some that we know that we've these are the specs on these consoles. So it, it's 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 going to be massive and it just makes sense. Uh, no, but, no, I mean, that, that that makes it makes perfect sense, Red, and and I think you're onto something with the with the the fact that they uh they, they know that that needs to be next gen for sure. But you know what's interesting, John? I want to bring you into the conversation. Yesterday, at least here in New York, uh, the stocks took the biggest loss that they've had since 2018, right? And I don't know. I didn't take a look this morning because obviously I didn't know that they were going to announce this. This move, to me anyway, seems very financial-based, and that's what businesses do, right? So if Take-Two took it on the chin, uh, they announce uh, Grand Theft Auto officially releasing today. That is going to boost uh, 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 Take-Two stock. It already roof. did. Yeah. It already did. Well, there you go. Yeah. And, and, and there you go to my point. Uh, surprising that they that, that this was announced or was this the ace in the sleeve for potentially, you know, uh, bringing back some millions of, of dollars that they might have lost yesterday? I, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I think that uh, the the driving factor may be to to kind of get that stock price up and and I mean that's that's the the goal of business right but I the the I, first like crispy and 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 dreadpool said it's about damn time boom jeez mm-hmm. i mean how much how how much can you squeeze a franchise right and i mean it, Gee, they squeezed the last ounce of juice out of that one. Uh, the but cow, I mean, the cow is very skinny right now, brother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly, yeah, but I mean, I, I mean, in in one way, I can I can't blame them. I mean, it's a it's a money maker, right? So at the same time, though, it, it's kind of like their own success has kind of made them kind of like the enemy, right? Where where it's 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 the thing that with gamers, it, it's kind of turned the gta franchise into like a eye-rolling kind of franchise where oh here we go again they're releasing gta 5 on again on next gen three console cycles what's going on here at g you know rockstar they were known for being trailblazers in this industry and and now they've fallen on on this path of you know just re-releasing you know these games a gta 5 and to a certain extent like i said I, I i am you know i am realistic i understand that they are running a business but um you know with an announcement like this boom i think that it was done for many reasons uh the stock being one of them also the i, I think that you know you're going to get into it on another show but are they setting themselves up to kind of drive up the price on a potential acquisition you know, it could be, yeah. it, mm-hmm. it could be, it could be that, you know, uh, if, if Microsoft or anyone else or Amazon or 
or Tencent or whoever's knocking on their door, they're like, uh, yeah, now's the time to kind of announce this because there's there's many advantages for, for us to do so at, at this point. So uh, they just saw Activision get bought out for for 70 billion. Uh, you know, you say you from all indications are that they're valued at 40. Maybe an announcement like this drives your price just a little bit higher, which is which may be one of their goals that they have. Um, as far as the game goes, I'm personally excited. Uh, boom, the GTA franchise is is one of those franchises that kind of revolutionized gaming. I, I remember where I was uh the very first time I played Grand Theft Auto 3. I think I think we all do. So yeah. it, it so this is one of those franchises that definitely moves the needle. And uh, I mean, Rockstar is really one of the only companies that I can think of, uh, just a handful of companies that can release this mega news on a tweet. I mean, it, it's yeah, like there's it's true. There's there's no formal press release. There's no video to hype it up. It's just like, here's a tweet. And and the internet burns down. So it's you know so so it, and I mean I remember back in the day during the 360 days when they when they put out that GTA 4 trailer. I mean there was web websites being shut down because of the of of how many people were coming on the servers and stuff like that. So GTA has power, man. And I think that you know from what we're seeing, you know, early on today with this news, it's it's a big IP. It's it's a game changer and it's a needle mover. So yeah, boom. That those are my thoughts on that. I remember where I was. Uh, I actually had per I bought Grand Theft Auto 3 from a friend of mine that's you've seen in the chat who's actually a good friend of mine for over 20 years that's uh, that that we celebrate the game of the year awards. Uh, Jay the Destroyer. He sold me his copy. He's like this game is garbage. And I played it, and I was like, "Dude, I think I think you might have made a mistake." And then he was like, "Yep, I think I did." And he went out and bought it, <laughs> selling it to me. So, hey, hey, boom! I'm gonna need that back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, pretty much. It's funny uh, that, that 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 I could. That's specifically I remember. Uh, Fuzzy, let's get your opinion. Grand Theft Auto Six <laughs> is going to be big when it releases. Mm -hmm. um, it is not going to be an exclusive anymore. I see people in the chat. Oh, this is going to be a PlayStation exclusive. Listen. Good luck with that. They, they tried that with four and Microsoft countered offered and it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's not going to be exclusive. It's, it's, it's on any too console. big of a game to lock behind one platform marketing yeah. rights potentially, but it's not going to be an exclusive. I think take, take two is, is too big and this game is too big. What are your thoughts on the announcement today? All right. So one of the things that you and John hit on is stock pricing and possible acquisition, which, I made another one of those weird predictions. You know, Roadblocks is the one that acquires Take-Two. I, I know that sounds ridiculous, but just save that in the back of your head. But anyway, I, I think this announcement is a bunch of nothing other than to help with stock price. Um, I've been saying this for quite a long time. Rockstar is a shell of what it was. Now, they definitely have talent in animation. They definitely have talent in, in programming. Oh, they've lost a lot of people, dude. Yeah. But when you lose two of your three um, founding fathers, one of the, the first one being Leslie Benzies, who basically was burned out after about 20 years of making GTA and, yep. you know, the crunch and then one of the brothers the right after that. Yeah. When, when Dan Hauser left, basically yeah. his last signature was uh, red dead redemption Two. Yes. If anybody's wondering why rockstar hasn't put out anything, 
when they made five, he went on record saying that he has no idea what the next Grand Theft Auto would be. He he, it's either writer's block or he's burned out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's since left and started his own studio. Same thing with Leslie Benzies. I'm going to go on record and say we're not going to see GTA six unless it's going to be a bigger disaster than Cyberpunk 2077. Whoa. Their best option would have been to play a parody of 2077 before it came out and just make GTA five. But 20 years later or or 30 years later in the future type of thing. But no, they're going to release a GTA six that's going to be 90 percent online. So it's going to be basically GTA uh, GTA online two. And it'll make some money in the initial, but it's not going to make the money that five did because people are going to see that, oh, it's just a sandbox that I make the story. You didn't really make a story. So uh, this is them trying to keep the value of their company. Uh, Like when a lot of people were saying, oh, Microsoft should pick them up or Sony should pick them up. I other than Roblox, because they have a knack of making like little mini games into something. (laughs) Um, Yep. I. I see them as the boat anchor right now of take two. Uh, yes, it's making money. Sure. I, I understand that. And they bought uh, Zigna or, or Zynga or whatever. And, yep. and 2K games as far as the uh, like the basketball and hopefully WWE this time around will not Actually be broken. Be good. But um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I this is just to help their stock price. Anybody that's hopeful for GTA 6, I hate to be the, the bearer of bad news. Don't get your hopes up. Seriously. Uh, and, I mean, unless listen, Dan Hauser comes back, he's not. He's yeah. not. Yeah, he's he's, he's he doesn't. He he actually it was, it was on record saying that he didn't like the way Take Two was trying to push content out for for the the monetization of of, of, of just for money, and yeah. and basically that's why he was he like m- many people get burnt out and was probably just just disgusted, which is why he left the company that he founded with his brother. Yeah. Uh, which is very interesting that and, and honestly after the two founding uh two of the three like you said i thought for sure that the brother was going to leave as well but yeah. that hasn't happened as of yet uh vj give us your final yeah. point on this as i read the super chat that comes in from good friend of the channel elemento drops an outstanding and very generous ten dollar super chat and says great show gamers i think microsoft should just invest more into rockstar stock and make some behind the scene deals that benefit both parties no need for a purchase i like that idea i think you're onto something with that for sure vj what do you think what are your thoughts on the uh, announcement this morning of grand no. theft auto is it a stock uh based uh you know um announcement um i'm not sure i'd have to look into it but so I don't want really to just want to give you a off the cuff remark and uh, embarrass myself. So, <laughs> I think I think the economics notwithstanding, um, I'd perhaps suggest to Mr. Phil Spencer that rather than eyeing or coveting property, coveting uh, property on a on a private island somewhere in the Asia Pacific, there's beach pro- beachfront property right here in front of you. Mm. So, um, but joviality aside, not, not that anybody laughed. Um, I, t- I don't play or enjoy Grand Theft Auto games as much as I initially did some time ago. I think, I, I don't know if you guys remember the game Driver. Um, mm. uh, yes, was, Driver was game. actually quite damn good. Yeah, yeah I, I, I loved it, Driver, the first I one especially. And um, so that was around about the time when I used to play GTA. So, but I, I can, I do, however, understand the sort of allure and sort of the, uh, the gravitational pull to a degree. But 
when you see the numbers over an elong sustained period of time, it's it's like observing the Fortnite engagement numbers, right? I, I scratched my head and asked myself, who are these gamers, right? Because I, I don't know anyone or not many anyway. And you have to say that the stamina and endurance of GTA 5 is incredible and baffling at the same time. But I guess that's credit to the, to the Hauser brothers, as, as Fuzzy was um, uh, alluding to. And look, that Rockstar Studio houses, no pun intended, um, you know, an incredible quantity or volume of, of developers. And, I, I, and, you know, and people have moved homes over, over the decades to, to Scotland, is it? Is it in Venice? I can't remember exactly where they're located, but I'm sure it's north of Newcastle. Um, and, um, and, yeah, I mean, I think the, how the brothers have, have done their time, right? And um, burnout or not, right? I, I, I don't think they're spring chickens anymore and, and game development can really take it out of you. And hopefully from take two's perspective that they've handling the transition properly and letting both brothers go at the same time would have been suicide. Letting one go and then asking the other to stay on while there's a handover. And I, I you know, makes pretty much corporate, you know, business sense. It's like a one-on-one objective. Right. And then, but the transitioning over to new vision holders, and we've talked about this so many times, right? It's not that Microsoft doesn't have great studios or great talent, right? Sometimes they just lack vision holders, right? And we saw that with Halo to a degree until they managed to get Joseph through the door. And I, th- I think that that is take to and any corporation or any company in the in the creative industry, right? Whether you're making movies, comics, or games, right? Is to find that next vision holder that can take the reins and take continue the success or even elevate the success or take it into a, a new sphere of success in terms of what's gone before, right? And, I, I, you know, t- tell me if I'm wrong, right? So no issues there. So so for me, um, look, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Rockstar in terms of what they do and the amount of jobs and security that they've created over the decades. I think you have to take your hat off to that. But then on take two side, right, uh, and obviously all purported, right, that, it's not, not not absolute fact, right? It's what I, what I hear, what you hear, what we read, etc. So it's all purported at the end of the day. And they do have some objectionable approaches. I What I see as objectionable approaches, right, to development, personnel, and, and studios, right? But no doubt, as a as a as a duo, right? If you want to call it that, Rockstar and Take Two, they've they've helped grow the industry, and I've seen it happen, right? And everybody's played their part. Not not just them. Ubisoft played their part. Vivendi played their part. Activision have played their part. Um, and it's an industry that we enjoy. So do the ends justify the means? Um, that's open for observation and discussion perhaps on, a, on another podcast. But look, at the end of the day, there's a lot of people that enjoy GTA. And regardless of what you think of GTA 6, I think on on the crest or the wave or the success of GTA 5, GTA 6 will be a success. But as, as Fuzzy said, how successful will it be? It remains to be seen. Yeah, no, great point. Listen, folks, what an amazing, I can't believe we got not only to four topics, but that we had Hoaglaw on to open up the show. We had over 650 people recorded here today. Uh, I'd like to believe that we do have some new listeners. If you are new, please consider hitting the subscribe button, of course, before you get out of here. And we still have almost 600 people here as we do the outros. Hit the like button. Trust me when I tell you it does help this channel move into new territories with that algorithm. But let's get to the outros, and we'll start first with our very special guest. Obviously, Hoaglaw, you know that he was here. Yeah, his All of his information 
for Twitter and, of course, his YouTube channel are in the show notes if you're coming to the show late and you want to get and check out and subscribe to him. John Wolf, brother, please, by all means, talk about your your incredible YouTube channel that you just launched a couple of weeks ago, what you got going on with that, and where can people reach out to you on social media? Yeah, thank you, Boone, for letting me come on here and uh, talk games with, with everybody on the panel. You've all been great. Uh, check out check out my channel, John Wolf. Uh, you know, I, I'm looking to reach out to different content creators and kind of interview them one on one. You'll pencil me in after the show, brother. We'll, we'll figure out a date. Awesome. Awesome. Boom. Yeah. So if you're interested, hit me up. You know, I'd like to get to know uh, all of you, uh, get to know about your gaming background. And, you know, we, we can cover recent topics and, and stuff like that xbox playstation uh john wolf on there as well i i would give you my my switch code but i honestly don't know it so uh, <laughs> and it's too long to it's too long to remember but yeah boom thank you for letting me come on here and, and share my thoughts man you you are uh definitely a trailblazer in, in you, the in, in the youtube scene and and all of you guys uh, on the panel great great thoughts and uh great insight i, I appreciate it everybody enjoy your weekend Thank you, brother. And it's great to have you. And yes, we'll, I'll talk to you in DMs and we'll figure out uh, uh, when I can get onto your, uh, you know, onto your, your interview show, because that that's very interesting to me. I think I've done three interviews so far this year, as a matter of fact. Uh, but thank you for being here, John. Crispy Bomb. Let's get you on out of here, brother. Tell everyone that they can reach out to you on social media and what other shows you happen to be on. Uh, always a pleasure, and uh, thanks for the kind words, John Wolf, man. Appreciate it. Uh, at Chris Bomb on Twitter, Chris Bomb 28 Xbox Live. Uh, as far as I know, uh, unless Bit, because he's a busy man, I will be on the RGT podcast tonight, 5 p.m., and we got Retro Renegade, 7 p.m. Tuesday nights. The uh, next podcast, 8 p.m. primetime on Thursday, and, of course, back here on Breakfast of Boom, Friday, 10 a.m. Thank you, brother. Definitely have a great weekend, and we will see you next week for sure. Dreadpool, brother, besides telling us and making me hungry early in the morning because my stomach is growling, so I'm going to have to go for the oatmeal because, you know, when you get to a certain age, you can't be eating the way you used to eat as a kid. Tell everyone about breaking bread with dread. Make other people hungry. And where could people reach out to you on social media? Yes, as always, first of all, thank everybody in the chat for showing up, interacting. Uh... For the most part, uh, very, very peacefully, I guess you would yes. say, mm -hmm. right? Big opinions um, and everyone was yeah, good. Yeah, exactly. Right. It wasn't too bad. Um, we did have to block some some idiots. and Every sites. now and again. Yeah, yeah. they get Probably me. So bad. No, no, no. <laughs> you're, the, you're the smart one. We don't block yeah, you. Yeah, no, no. We don't, we don't block you, VJ. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you, John. Um, if, if, you know, hit me up, too, if you want. That's, you know, I'm willing to help everybody. I've thank you. put it out there before. Anybody have any questions, I'll, I'll help out however I can. Um, so Breaking Bread with Dread, just find that on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You look it up. I found out some other podcast uh, sites that have had me. I had to go ahead and claim my uh, my site for whatever reason. I'm like, how did this even happen? Yeah. I didn't even know that it was there. So it's it's growing. So appreciate you guys for checking it out. Um, every Wednesday night, Gaming Beyond the Box, we have a couple interviews coming up uh, this month. Uh, let's see, the 12th we have an interview coming up, and then the 26th, if I recall. So it, that'll be uh, the creator feature with Husk. And then we got some other, you know, some little st stuff uh, popping out there. We had some nice. reviews, all this and that. So, yeah, definitely check out that that section. And then at the same time, you're here every Friday. Boom's got shows throughout the week. 
definitely check it out. Check out his little snippets, you know. But yet again, this is where you find me Friday mornings talking about some sort of food. Sometimes it's breakfast. Sometimes it's my dinner. <laughs> I love it. That's so great. you never know. You know, I've already, you know, I, this is my midnight right now. So you know how that goes. Uh, but yes, every Friday morning, uh, 10 a.m. until whenever. So my smart ass will be here. And we love to have you, brother. Thank you so much for that. Fuzzy Thank Belvedere, you. by all means, sell your brand. Tell them about your YouTube channel. That is uh, growing and usually dedicated to racing because that's what yeah. you're good at. And also, where could people reach out to you on social media and where else people could listen to the subtle voice of Fuzzy Belvedere? <laughs> Greatly appreciate it, Boom. want to thank uh, John for being on today. And always great being on here with the panel with you, Crispy. Dread and VJ and definitely you, Mr. Boomstick. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you to everybody in the chat. Thank you for the awesome conversation and and interaction and everything. Uh, For those that want to see me on social media, you can always follow me at uh, fuzzy underscore Belvedere on Twitter. Uh, You can also do a search for fuzzy uh, Belvedere or fuzzy underscore Belvedere on YouTube. Uh, You can find me on FSP at 6 p.m. Eastern time on Saturdays with uh, Mav and Just Gaming Key on uh, the Fun Speculation podcast. And then later that evening at 8 p.m. Eastern, you can find me on the Shop podcast with PTK Blam, Pong Soul, and Centurion 1307. And on Mondays on Tidbits uh, with Mav on Fun Speculation's channel, that's usually around 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then always find me here, here again on Breakfast with Boom at 10 a.m. Eastern Time with Mr. Boomstick, Crispy, uh, Dread, VJ, sometimes uh, uh, Big Cloud Gaming, and Mr. Bad Pit. So it's, it's awesome being here. Thank you so much for everyone that came out. Ah, thank you, brother. And last and no way least, the mm. best brain in the business, VJ, by all means, brother, tell everyone where they can find you on other shows and what else you got going on. And of course, if they want to strike up a conversation on social media, where could they reach out to you on Twitter? Um, I, I just wanted to say, nice to meet you, John. Um, I thought you brought some fantastic points and, uh, and also a really lovely voice to the show. Um, <laughs> I was <laughs> I was honored to sort of appear on Midweek Gaming uh, this last Wednesday. And lo and behold, I was on actually Green Pass Gaming yesterday. And uh, the crew there, uh, friends of this channel, and uh, they send their warm wishes and regards to you, Boom. Um, and, yeah, they're uh, growing. And I love the word. I listen to them every week. Yeah. They're great. They're great over there. Just to just to share a final thought um, in terms of what I sort of speak of on the show, and it's um, just something I, I think Hogue mentioned at the minute that triggered it. Is that perhaps because he's a lawyer? The, the burden of truth lies with the one who makes the claim, and I, I don't always have enough information to back up all my opinions. So treat them as such. Question everything, but do it peacefully. And with that said, thanks for having me on the show. But thank you everybody um, on the panel and the audience in the chat. And I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being here, brother. And of course, I want to thank all of the people that tuned in for the show. I want to thank all the super chats that have come in. They do help this, uh, this the channel grow in ways that my wife and I are allowed uh, are, and are able to do the big giveaways that we do. Last year, we did a ton of them, and we're going to continue that trend this year as well. And we do, and we use that with the super chats and channel membership that comes in. And of course I'm going to close out the show with something that is important to me. Hopefully one day it'll be important to you. And that's something that my dad taught us when we were kids. And he said, son, treat others how you want to be treated. And also it doesn't cost anything to be nice. You live by those rules. And I can guarantee you're going to have 
an awesome day. So take care, everyone, and we'll see you next week on the newest episode of Breakfast with Boom. We'll be right back. 